March 19th, 2020. Well, I mean, it's going to be March 20th by the time most of you are listening to this because I'm recording this one, uh, putting it together, the final touches on this Thursday evening heading into Friday. Just uh, honestly, uh, first off, thanks everyone for, for tuning in. Hope you're all uh, you're doing well out there. It's just a crazy time in the world right now. and won't spend you know ton of time talking coronavirus stuff um, with all with most of our different guests the few, first few minutes we kind of just uh, uh, discuss how it impacts whatever we're talking about so um, uh, some of the guests on this show which this is gonna be an action just a packed show I'm actually gonna be posting two shows this weekend there's going to be this show and then there's gonna be uh, that's what G said past the wire edition where we have a, a long a full long interview. Um, John Stetton and John Stetton and I interview uh, another. So you make sure to look for the next podcast because um, there's going to be two shows. We have a lot of content instead of making like a five, four or five hour show. I decided to, to we'll split them up. So some weeks it'll be like a past the wire segment. This week the interview just happened to go long, so we have a whole another show coming out. Look look for that one on this episode. It's going to be Scott Shapiro talking about the fairgrounds races as of right now fairgrounds is still running they're still planning to run their louisiana derby card but earlier on today a few jockeys have said they are done riding right now and one of them is irad ortiz jr who is on a bunch of horses on that fairgrounds card so keep in mind if they run there are going to be a lot of changes there we saw aqueduct close down today um, on Friday or on Thursday, we saw reports coming from Oakland that there were people there that tested positive for coronavirus uh, over the weekend, which is just crazy to think about. Uh, Sean Payton was was the one who was there, uh, the co- the head coach for the NFL New Orleans Saints. So we'll keep an eye on if, if they're going to continue to run. But we'll talk with Scott Shapiro. We'll talk Fairgrounds Undercard. And fair, and then we'll talk Louisiana Derby. So we basically talk races 8, 9, 10, 11, and 12 fairgrounds. And then Mike Gagliano, who did uh, really well. Remember we had him on uh, to talk about the Risen Star and some of the races there. And he had won where he posted winners three times in a row. He came on the show with us, and then he gave us uh, just a couple of really, really nice selections there. And he, he picked the winners in both of the Risen Stars. So we had to bring him back to uh, – to give his thoughts on a couple of the the uh, Louisiana the Louisiana Derby and a couple of the races on the undercard, we talk some Sam Houston Friday. We talk some Sam Houston Saturday, which is a big card at Sam Houston. They're still running right now. Andrew Champagne joins us to talk about the Sam Houston card, and then Chad Cooper. We basically discuss everything going on in the world of wrestling because the two things that have been kind of going steady, as all the other sports have canceled uh, and postponed over the last few weeks, it has been horse racing and wrestling. WWE, All Elite Wrestling. With Chad Cooper, we go over everything that happened on uh, All Elite Wrestling Dynamite on Wednesday. We talk about uh, what happened on WWE SmackDown last week, WWE Monday Night Raw on Monday, and we go through all of the projected matches, the new announcement about WrestleMania going to continue. It's going to be without fans, and it's going to be now a two-night event from the WWE Performance Center. It's going to be April 4th and 5th. So WWE could have a, if, if that still is going to continue, they could have a huge weekend 
with not a lot going on. There could be a lot of eyes on that WWE show, which, you know, is going to be on pay-per-view or the WWE Network, and you might catch a lot of fans or just a lot of random people who don't have much to watch that are tuning in. Rob Gronkowski will be hosting, and he's going to be uh, part of the WWE now. Who knows what kind of capacity, but he's going to be hosting WrestleMania, which doesn't mean a whole lot more than he'll come out and talk a, a few times and maybe have one interaction with someone where he like, shoulder tackles them or, or, or something. But glad to, that there are some things still going out there. Hopefully everything continues to go safe, um, and we'll see how long it continues with horse racing. We'll see, uh, and 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 with wrestling, those are two two of my passions, and they're uh, still still trucking right now as everything else has um, has had to close up shop. So let's just quick. We're gonna have a segment next week where we break down everything that's happened in the NFL for as far as free agency so far. There's just been a ton of moves, but if you haven't been paying attention. Yeah, Tom Brady is going to be a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Phillip Rivers is playing for the Colts. Nick Foles just got traded to the Bears. Tyrod Taylor looks like he's going to be the starting quarterback for the Chargers. Todd Gurley just got released by the Rams. And Teddy Bridgewater is going to be the the quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. So there have been a lot of big-name players that have moved in just the last few days. And we'll recap that. We'll have some guests on. We'll talk about which teams got better, which teams got worse, um, and uh, who still has um, major holes to fill. And and let's kind of look at how the rosters have shifted in a bit. But lots of uh, of NFL news. Let's get into our, our interviews now. We have a, a lot going on. It's going to be a really long show, so uh, I'm going to try to get through it quickly. First up, our buddy Scott Shapiro, Bet America, Twin Spires, does a little work uh, all over the place, and we focus in on the Fairgrounds card, uh, races 8 through 12. Hope you enjoy this discussion with Scott Shap. Very, very happy to welcome in a good friend of the show. I believe he's he's probably been on. Uh, if it's not the most, it's uh, it's one of the most. Uh, anyone that's been on, that's what G said podcast. And I, I appreciate you coming on right now, Scott, because you know it's uh, a big day of the year. We've got sixteen games going. Uh, two of them have just started. Everyone's looking at their brackets and stuff, man. Thanks for giving us a few minutes of your time on such a busy day, right? Man, I've never been so disappointed to come on the That's What G Said nah, podcast. Right. I never I would have accepted this invite I <laughs> if I had things the way I wanted it. But, uh, yeah, glad to hear I'm amongst the league leaders in all G Said categories and um, trying to make the uh, the most of it. I was going to say early shot for MVP. I mean, just, you know, you're just, you're at least collecting the stats, you know, you're building the numbers. So you're, you're, you're on the short list. I don't know if I do it with quality, but I'm going to do it with quantity at least, you know, Hey, either one, either one, <laughs> uh, one or the other, right? If it's not quality, we'll give you some quantity. So uh, just, you know, you mentioned it's just such a bummer. I mean, um, uh, a bummer. It's, this is uh, such a big time in the world of sports, and uh, unfortunately, with what's going on in the world, you know, we always got to be rather safe than sorry. Um, if we're if we're a little overly cautious, and we look back, you know, a few months from now and say we were a little overly cautious, but we saved a ton of lives, you know what? That that's that's fine by me, Scott. Yeah, it took a little while last week. At the beginning of the week, my thoughts were, hey. Hopefully we can play the tournament in front yep. of fans. And then 24 hours later, hopefully we can play the tournament. And then slowly I realized that playing the tournament was not the most pressing thing. 
Um, we don't need to get too deep into, you know, thoughts on this, but uh, it's probably going to be a little bit of a haul ahead. I don't think we overreacted too much, especially with these sporting no. events. And uh, it's just a disappointing, you know, you go through February, grind through at the beginning of March to get to this time of the year, which we love so much with the tournament, the Masters for me and, and the Derby and and then to just have it squashed and then to have to think about, you know, worrying about lives and safety. It, it's just uh, very, uh, very tough to swallow, but uh, we'll truck ahead and hopefully be better for it. Yeah. And, and what's, you know, right now going to be going is horse racing. And, and honestly, I, I don't, we, I'm glad they're going still. I'm, I'm glad they've, they've, you know, Minimized um, the amount of people that are there Horse racing is like a little bit different than the other sports And I'm, I'm glad we have It to, to still keep going But man it, it just has really thrown a wrench in everything Now when we look at a derby prep Coming up like this weekend and it's like well, so how does you know what are they what are they prepping for you know the September fifth Derby now and we don't really know what the the next few months are going to bring so everything that's kind of rescheduled down the line is still up in the air um, you know um, so it's just things are are definitely going to be a little different now especially in the world of horse racing where we have like these routine schedules every year we know what the preps going into their big races are we know uh, you know especially the come triple everybody points for the big triple crown races and those undercards and and then the, the Breeders Cup so it's going to be a completely Different dynamic this year and um, you know We got a really good card at, at, at fairgrounds to look At it seems like most of the big Big tracks are still running out there Yeah and just To speak on the general thing I think um, It's nice uh, as long As we're doing it in a safe manner yes. To be able to keep running um, The way we are uh, Obviously for the people that are Involved in the industry and make their Living doing it which you know, to an extent, or for more than extent, I'm involved, you're involved, but um, but even the people that are on the backstretch, and what people have to understand if they have any questions about it is, the, most of the people that are on site are going to be there if they, if they, they stop racing, right, they're, they're caring for the animals, so they're not stopping that, um, I think as long as we go, go, you know, where other businesses other than the real mandatory ones are, um, are running, I think horse racing should fit into that dynamic. Um, and thankfully, uh, not only from a income and career perspective, but just from a sake, you know, I'm, I've been busy this week. Um, oh yeah. So, you know, with, with, with all the racing and people, a little few more people wanting to talk racing that normally I think I got five interviews don't. lined up today. Yeah, which is great for us. <laughs> yeah, so it's yeah. it's not only good for us in terms of the you know pushing the sport, but but just keeping us occupied. Uh, hopefully, we can keep doing it. We'll see how that goes. But fingers crossed. But yeah, like you said, a a great card Saturday. And keep in mind, we we think of these races as as preps. But uh, maybe a little less, but it is a million dollars at Louisiana Derby. So oh, yeah. I think uh, people will be okay to win it and you know in its own right as well. Oh sure, sure. And uh, it's you know it's a really nice undercard too. You get you get that on these big fairgrounds days. Like they get massive fields. So even some of the before the races that we're gonna look at, we're gonna talk about races eight, nine, ten, eleven. And 12 so if you're uh, going to be following along You can get your past performances out We'll briefly hit on the uh, the races in front of the Louisiana Derby And then we'll spend a little more time on the Louisiana Derby But even, you know even there's some really good maiden races Like early on uh, in the undercard Where you can definitely find some prices And some big fields And uh, I know just from following along with you on Twitter and stuff You've been paying attention to You know these like LeCompte and then Risen Star Day So we've seen a lot of these similar horses on undercards You know at least uh, a, a couple times now That we've been playing So let's jump into race number 8 um, this one they'll be going a mile and a 16th on the, the turf course It's the Tom Benson Memorial And these are Phillies and Mares 
And uh, you know, at first glance, to me, it doesn't look like there's a whole ton of speed in here. I would agree with that uh, wholeheartedly, and uh, I think that points me to number one, Dream Passage, yep. who the last race, the Jersey Lily. I know you've been following Sam Houston on a on a regular basis. I haven't as much, but I did watch that day. That was the uh, Houston Ladies' Day. Mm-hmm. Much different pace scenario on that one. This horse uh, didn't even, you know, make the lead. Uh, had to work a bit to get there. There was a number of horses that tried for it and then ended up uh, sitting off, just, just off the pace. And uh, ran really well. Winning Envelope, who's also in this race, got a real good trip. And with the, you know, the way the race uh, shaped up, was in the better spot to win the race. But uh, with, with the rail draw... And the uh, more favorable race shape, I think Dream Passage is, is the horse to beat and, and going to be tough to beat. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I, I just I just don't know who really is capable of going with this one early. I mean, you just, you're just really hard-pressed to find anyone um, that, that's going to be able to put the kind of pressure on. And so I think Dream Passage just has a major advantage, has that race under the belt now. A lot of times for a speed horse, that's even more important. You know, for a horse coming off the, the pace a little bit, they don't always need that, that first race because they, they don't run – Kind of as hard throughout the entire race You know when you have a speed horse And especially one that you mentioned who couldn't really Get the easy type lead that she should be able to Get in here I think she's going to be really tough Um, You know so uh, another Horse um, I'll definitely use her on top and then I would I would you know play her to win if we can get the right Kind of price on her like maybe I don't know anything Like three to one or over I guess would be okay with me I wouldn't be shocked if she gets played a little because people will see She's probably the lone speed but um You know there are other prices that I might Use if I'm playing some tries and you know Exotics I thought the five who could could actually sit a little bit closer than she did last time out. She's not like a speed demon, but she might be be maybe closest behind Dream Passage and just be able to kind of lope along behind. Maybe the four steps forward uh second time um in uh in the US. And, and then, you know, the the 11, you're talking about uh, Sam Houston a little bit. I'm going to use the 11 Santino in some exotics. She won a race at Sam Houston. And you know it looked just like she kind of sat a, a trip just off but she was Really really wide all the way Around and it was just one of those Trips that doesn't generally win on Turf it, you know it was like a very dirt Kind of trip that maybe you can see win sometimes If it's like the, the inside part of the track Isn't good I just was really impressed by it I kind of made notes on, on her to play back I figured she'd come back somewhere at Sam Houston And uh, I see her show up in here don't really Love the the post but I, I kind of If she gets hooked wide I just saw her get Hooked wide probably not, not going to be as easy Against better horses but maybe one to use Especially if we kind of like key dream passage So um, any anything else in this race before we move on? Yeah, I think you mentioned good uh, good info there with uh, number five, not a product price, who got off to a poor start. I think the move to Brian Hernandez Jr., if there's one thing I've learned in Louisville, I've, I've become friendly with Brian, and, and he is a very mentally savvy jockey. He does the work. He can have the handicapping conversations with you, and I can promise you he's reading the form, and he realizes there's not a lot of speed in this race. Uh, so I would expect him to kind of have this horse sitting second off of Dream yep. Passage. Maybe sneaky, probably not good enough to win, but if Dream Passage is maybe taking a step backwards as, as a six-year-old mare, which is possible, maybe he could be sneaky. And then I do want to give a little bit of a shout-out to number eight, She's on the Warpath. Uh, horse that's uh, maybe uh, amongst all of these, uh, one of the ones on the upswing. Uh, didn't like this horse at all at 16-1 to 1 last time out uh, on February 15th. Um, and she made me look silly that day. It was a real good ride and trip by Chantel Sutherland. But maybe this is a horse that's improving, and I do think she shows the ability to be able to sit up closer if need be and is two for three over the fairgrounds turf. 
Yeah, it's a it's a fun uh, fun little eighth race there, uh, going to mile and sixteenth on the grass. Let's move to race number nine. Um, I, I thought there are some like real interesting horses in here to use, uh, or to just in, in general. So you know, we have by my standards, who um, I, I guess I'd be a little surprised if he's if he's six to one. He, he <laughs> yeah. was he was pretty yeah, impressive yeah. in winning his uh little his, surprise yeah. his his comeback race, and he was actually kind of like a buzz horse. I remember going into the Derby, there were kind of a lot of people that started liking the way he was training. And uh, he won on Louisiana Derby Day last year, winning the Louisiana Derby. He loves this racetrack. I think he's he's you know going to be one of the ones. And then you obviously got to mention Silver Dust, who he's really consistent, really good. It's, he's he's maturing as he's getting older, but he has to prove it going this long. He I, I, this might be a little farther than he wants, but he, I, I think he's better now than he was before. So I'm not like totally against him. Getting the distance and then you have fearless Who is kind of a, a strange horse Who um, really kind of Freaked last time out and was Was good in the debut just looked like a horse Who wanted to go a little longer those are The three that I'm I'm assuming will take the Bulk of the money in here Yeah I, I agree with you I think the question On silver dust is the distance should get A really good trip it looks to me like Fearless who I've tried to beat two Times at Gulfstream Park unsuccessfully um, last time was, like you said, freaked is a good word. That was extremely impressive. You always have to wonder. Well, first off, I mean, it took, obviously this horse had issues. They spent 725000 With no monster pedigree either. Right. And it's uh, weird. It's just like a very plain. You yep. Know? And then it took, it took till December of his three-year-old campaign for Todd Pletcher, whose goal with just about every horse that's sent to his barn is to win the Derby. Um, took him a while, but he's sure come around. You just always have to question whether this Gulfstream Park form translates elsewhere, what stays at Gulfstream or what happens at Gulfstream often stays at Gulfstream. Um, expect him to be on the lead. And then you have Silverdust and or Gunnett from the outside, who is a mental midget but has some talent, but $2.6 Glad that wasn't my money, uh, Gino. But uh, but Silverstar should get the trip right behind them. And like you said, is continuing to win races. Um, you mentioned, I, I think this is a race where I, it's tough. I want to toss Silver Dust and go with Fearless and by my standards, but I don't know how I'm going to approach it from my, it is the start of the uh, All Stakes pick four. Not a race where I love anybody by my standards. Like you said, six to one on the line, not going to happen. I'd be surprised if he's higher than three to one. Okay. I'm going to give a look to Lone Sailor in here. I actually think he might float up a little bit in price because I'm expecting by my standards to get money. Silver Dust is no doubt going to get money and Fearless is going to get money with the big figs. I, I, you know, I look at Lone Sailor who went to Korea, came back. So absolutely needed that December 21st race right here at fairgrounds in the slop. And it was, it was pretty good. It was third in that race. And the two horses who were in front came back to win next out. We saw blended citizen come back to win. We saw pioneer spirit come back to win the fifth season. And then it was just third in the Essex last weekend over at Oakland park. And then what I like is in the Oakland park win, Lone Sailor was like on the inside Was you know early But then was able to angle outside like a big Wide move and then he he struck The front and it looked like I thought he was Done but then he kept going It was I thought it was really impressive he, he put uh, You know another rival away Late it, it was to Me this is I think one of the first times I'll ever play This course and I think it's just because he's a little sneaky Price he's kind of rounding in to form He's gonna go third off the off the bench He could take another step forward and he's Won really well at this trip and if you know if Silver Dust gets caught up a little too much early on, and I think by my standards, you know, is probably going to be really close. Also, 
you know, we could have those two and Fearless pushing it, and then maybe Lone Sailor comes flying. You know, if I get six to one, I think we you're might get, get something more. like ten to one on yeah, Lone Sailor. You're gonna, you know? get, you're gonna get more. I think I'd give him a little bit more of a look if there's an off track, which is possible. Sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I can use him on a fast track. His best races are over the off track, and I do think he might have been better uh, earlier in his career. But I do think you're going to get. I don't think he's going to be six to one. It's kind of. I hate to ever you know be too critical, but there's no way he should be the same morning line prices by my standards. Um, I'll give you a, a price, probably more of an underneath horse, but I do think number four, Chess Chief, should get the right yeah. trip, has run well over this course, and might be getting a little bit better. He ran big. Uh, last four races or five races have all been good. The Travers yeah. up against it. So I thought Chess Chief might be a little bit interesting of a price yeah, horse. Yeah, he just got thrown a little to the Wolves early last year, and he didn't run he didn't get completely demolished in a lot of those nah. races too, you know. Yeah, he and just you know not all it's not all linear for every horse. Sometimes they they get yep. it, sometimes they need a little more time. It's just, you know, a step forward, a step backwards, two step forwards as we step forward into race number 10 in here. Um I kind of like a horse. I I don't know what price we'll get on him, but I feel like to me this feels like a, a really good spot for instilled regard. Um who, you know, comes out of that Zulu Alpha race, who's Zulu Alpha. It was one of those horses that I've always tried to play against In the last couple yeah. races, he's just turned into an absolute monster He got a great run through on the rail, but he was really, really good that day um, But, you know, I feel like Instilled Regard has is, is raised his game since returning to the races in November And I don't really love, you know, anybody else in here So who who do you look at or who are a couple of the horses that uh, you got your eye on in the spot? I think you mentioned the horse that gunned ahead would be my top pick in the race. That's instilled regard. He did get a good run, too, back in the Fort Lauderdale, but that's not surprising when you have a, a Erod Ortiz Jr. on a Chad Brown mm-hmm. horse that can relax. And uh, the, the the Pegasus World Cup, obviously a better field than this, ran a very credible third career best Brisnet speed reading. I'm not sure how the other ones read, but 108, significantly best. So got a massive buyer, too, yeah. Yep, and Chad's given him almost two months to kind of recover from that, so I think he's a major player, if not the one to beat. And uh, just a horse to keep an eye on, one horse to keep an eye on at a price is number two, Aquaphobia. Looks a little bit slow and and, uh, outclassed, but Mike Maker, we've seen it before. We saw it with Zul Alpha, for one, but he can take a good horse and make them great when they're two-turn turf horses. And when he dips in and spends good money like he did 62.5 for this horse— uh, you got to take note and ran probably the best race of his career. Got a real good ride and trip from Paco Lopez, but uh, finished full of run that day uh, at Gulfstream. And he ships him into fairgrounds. Uh, he's not afraid to take a chance, but I think number two, Aquaphobia, is a price horse to look out for. And then maybe, just maybe, um, the other Chad can be a factor in here. You get Rock Emperor. Obviously, something went amiss after the two races for him to have been on the bench after the uh, Saratoga Derby. But he came here. He tried the two uh, two big races for three-year-olds uh, on the grass. Ran a good third in the Belmont Derby, won by Henley's Joy. And then uh, didn't run as well uh, as the favorite in the uh, Saratoga race. But Joel Rosario is aboard. And uh, maybe he's just along for the ride with instill regard. But... I don't know if I want to get beat by a Chad Brown horse that pays $20 or so. Sure, and that's in race number 10 there. As we move along to the the two big ones, and, uh, you know, I was mentioning Zulu Alpha as a horse that would try to beat 
for a while. The finite was is very similar, you know, a, a Philly that you, you always want to kind of find a knock for. I at least would, you know, every time I tried to play against her and say, oh, okay, now she's going to have to deal with some other speed. She's probably not going to be able to sit off. Oh, okay, now nah, I just don't think she can go this far against a better group. Uh, okay, now she's going to face a really nice horse, you know, so now that. And she just keeps winning and winning. And you know what? That last effort, that wasn't like some of her earlier wins either, Scott. That was like a really impressive step up facing a little bit better and just really put him away. And she's drawn so well again in here. Like I can't, I can make a case for, you know, one or two others, but they're, you know, they're probably the other logical ones that you look at. And she just really feels like she has such an advantage to me with that outside draw. Yeah, she's, uh, I didn't really like her at all last time. I, I, I'm with you. I haven't tried to beat her every time, but I haven't bet her really with two fists at no, any yeah. point. Yeah. And uh, that silver bullet day off the bench, the four-horse blanket, was uh, extremely unimpressive visually, but maybe just wasn't cranked because that Rachel Alexandra, she stole all my money that day at 5-2. to two. I didn't use her on a ticket, was against her. Thought maybe she was a horse that peaked at 2. Uh, if she runs anywhere near that effort, they're not beating her, not close. And like you said, the outside draw with her tactical speed in a six-horse field is is advantageous. I guess if I had, you know, Bonnie, Bonnie South to me could be a horse on the improve for Brad Cox. If you look at that last race at Oakland on February 15th, she dares the devil. That's Brad Cox's, another Brad Cox came back to win the Honeybee. Mm-hmm. Um, did so under Joe Talamo. Uh, so that seems like it came back to be a live group. Um, and this horse could be on the improve. So, but like you said, I mean, you're looking at it, you you know, when you're going to try to beat a three to five or maybe use two and a pick four, you want it to be a price and this horse, you're going to get probably what one to two on finite and Bonnie South's going to be four to one. It just doesn't feel like a good, a good bet at four to one to me. Uh, because I think you're really expecting and hoping finite takes a step back or else you're not no shot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't. Like, you know, I, I I would use Tempers Rising last time out, and I, I think she just, Finite's just been a little bit better, and she just seems to have such a tactical and, like, a pace advantage over over her in this type of field. And then, the, so I guess for me, the one that I would look at, and if if she's, like, 12 or 15 to 1, maybe I could, I could use Stop Shopping Tammy as just a, you know, she got money in her debut at Saratoga, and she was behind... Uh, a very nice horse who came back to win a grade one next in her next start. And then, you know, something went wrong with her because she wasn't on the, you know, in the races from August until February. She came back in February and she was, you know, handled very nicely. It's kind of like they handled her like they thought she was the best. It was pretty impressive. It was, it was well measured. So I, maybe she can get in front of, of finite and, and get a couple lengths on finite and, and, and then they, that that's how Finite gets beat in here. But I just I'm not really going to be trying to beat her, like I said, unless I can get maybe double the morning line on on Stop Shopping Tammy or something. Yeah, you make a good point about her taking money, but just um, for those that aren't familiar with Kentucky racing, which is where Phil Bauer is, is stable most of the year here, Rigney Racing is a. Um, Rigney has done very well for himself. He has a lot of horses. He uses Phil Bauer exclusively. He likes to uh, gamble. Put a few bucks on through the wicket. Yeah. Yeah. So always keep (laughs) an eye on, especially if you're someone that looks at early money. Sure. Because he puts his money in, I think, and and goes home or goes about his business or whatever. Goes home is is pretty like 1990s. Yeah, right. (laughs) Goes about his (laughs) his business. But... um, so, you know, he obviously thought this horse had some ability and it's clear that they've handled her with care and she's a tap it. And there's certainly some upside here. But uh, the one angle, you know, 
saying that she took money to me might not when be I see it's true. rigged. Yeah, yeah. Normally, yeah. I would. I, I mean, I love that angle with maidens that take money in their first start, show a little, you, but you know they have to grow more. I, I love that angle, but with the Rigney, you got to be a little careful. That's a good point. Very good point. And uh, so, yeah, Finite will be really, really tough in, in this spot. And she's just stamped herself as, you know, right up towards the top. There are some, there are a couple quality fillies out there. Um, it looks like now British Idiom, who we kind of would have expected in this spot, was going to go to the Ashland. And now with Keeneland canceling their meet, I think she's going to be rerouted to the Fantasy uh, at Oaklawn, um, so we'll we'll see her coming up uh, at Oaklawn Park as they continue to run, and uh, and now we move into the Louisiana Derby, and we had two in the prep race for the Louisiana Derby, which was the Risen Star. We had two different divisions of the Risen Star, so there are going to be three horses in this field that come out of the division that was won by Mo- uh, Mr. Monomoy, and there are going to be six that come out of the division won by Modernist. We'll just kind of go inside through outside and, and give a thought or two on on each horse. Um, with we'll start with Major Fed, who uh, I needed him badly. I had uh, a, uh, I was closing exotics with with Major Fed and with Mailman Money, um, and I just like the way Mailman Money loomed up, and then Major Fed. I just I was not a fan on mo- of modernist, so I just kept assuming he was going to come back to them. You know when when they loomed up, and uh, he, you know he it wasn't bad. It it was a it was a fine second. Um, I, you know, modernist just kind of fought them all off. He was a little bit better that day. I, I will say that of the two divisions, I definitely thought that the, the Mr. Monomoy division was much, much tougher. So, you know, the two inside horses, they weren't too far from each other, major fed and, and mailman money of the two of them. I, I much prefer mailman money. I, uh, I thought, you know, he had a little bit of trouble in his race. He kind of got bumped and he got crossed over on, he kind of got beat to a spot and then he, he was forced a little wide into the turn. So it wasn't like the easiest early. It was really eventful. Like he was bumped. Then he was inside. He was outside. He was kind of back and forth. He settled six. It was one of those like, like big derby prep race kind of trips where he's all over the place. And I thought he handled it pretty well for his first start going a mile and an eighth. He was looming up. And I, I mean, I thought he was going to win the race when he started, like when he angled out and, and moved around, I just figured the two to the, his inside were going to stop. And I, I like him a little bit more now kind of going second time a little bit longer. So of the two inside horses, I definitely prefer the two. And I, I might actually make him my top pick in here. Well, we're on different ones, and I, I prefer Major Fed. Nice. I, see, I, I saw the attention. trip. <laughs> I saw. Well, let's talk about Yasiel Putin. No, I'm just. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, mailman money to me. Uh, a little concerned about the the mile and three sixteenths. Sure. A little more. I did see the uh, trip was wide into the first turn and a little bit adventurous. I did think Gabriel Saez did a good job of finding an inside spot from the yeah. outside draw and did loom up. And and my concern is maybe he isn't just a mile and three sixteenths or a mile and a quarter type. Horse might be better, and I know that he beat Stable Made Digital in that first start in the slop at Churchill. Digital was highly regarded, still is. Um, but uh, and they were surprised by the fact that Mailman Money won that race, yeah. and then he came back, and that race was washed off the turf on January 12th. So while he dominated, it wasn't a very good group, and some horses that were meant for the turf. So Major Fed to me, I think, is is a horse that will. Improve or continue, handle the mile and three sixteenths well. I like the inside draw. I think this race, it, the race shapes a little better for him with modernist last time and NY traffic running first and third. I thought he was a little closer than he wants to be. I think he would rather make one run from a little bit further off the pace. And uh, you know, you lose Le Peruta and Forcible, but I think Joel Rosario's fits this horse even better. Yeah, so I'm high on Major Fed. I think I'm going to make him my lukewarm top pick. So interesting. Oh, nice. That we're uh, jumping out with this inside part of the field and both high on one of the horses. There we go. 
Ah, man, I would I would really like Wells Bayou a lot in here if it wasn't for the the presence of New York traffic. Um, and, and and you know I don't know if Modernist is is quite as quick as them. Like I know he battled from the inside. That maybe was more so of like post. He's got to go, yeah. and and he and it kind of kept up with them. But I, I think New York traffic is pretty pretty darn quick. And I I thought Wells Bayou actually ran pretty well in the Southwest. You know, um, and he he was. He was trying hard all the way Silver Prospector got a great trip kind of angled around him But I just and he's the inside Most of the speed So he could maybe get to the lead And secure something I just don't know If he's how hard he's going to have to work and go But I think there's some ability here with this With this guy I'm got, I'm kind of keeping my eye On him for like down the road I agree it's hard not to be impressed He's got two big Brisnet speed Rating numbers he's run over the slop He ran well over the fast track He didn't stop Despite Silver Prospector running by him, he fought to the wire, like you said. If I'm spreading uh, in horizontals, even three or four deep, I'm going to use them because sure, me too. if if New York traffic happened to, to miss the break or let's just, I know they're putting the blinkers on him, but, you know, maybe Louis Saez is a little more, who knows, he's on the outside. You just, if for some reason Wells Bayou makes a lone lead, he's going to be very, very tough to catch in this spot. So I think the talent's there. I pretty much agree with you on everything you said. Yeah, I think I have him in like third or fourth in here. And I'm similar with you. Like if I'm, I'm spreading, which I'll probably be using a few in here, I'll definitely be using him. Uh, Chestertown comes out of a race where there are actually three horses in this race that come out of that same uh, optional claimer first level allowance. And it was uh, Shake Some Action. Chestertown and Sharecropper Who were all in there um, Chestertown, you know, he, he did have some trouble He was off slow, he saved some ground um, He wanted to go But he was kind of, you know, inside He moved to the two path in between Then he got surrounded on all sides He had nowhere to go He did show, you know, big strides late He was up for a really tight second But I'm, I, He's going to have to take another step forward And hear no doubt about it yeah, I mean, he's been a money burner. Um, he's a $2 million person. I know, he's, there I know, he's big burned a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. He burned a lot of people's money so far. He burnt the uh, West Point Thoroughbreds and Broman worth $2 yeah. million. I don't want to say he burned. He still has upside. Sure, sure. And then he's been um, 6 to 5 or under, or no, 3 to 2 or under in four races with just one win. I guess you have to assume that there's some upside here, but he's a horse that I'm willing to, to let beat me despite having trouble last time. I think he's probably... A cut below these Yeah I can't say a whole lot about the Louisiana bred social of fleet um, Who just won uh, against uh, You know state breads on February the 29th Would really need to step up against this group Yeah he's uh, I've seen Dallas Stewart pull some uh, mm-hmm. Rabbits out of his hat This would be one of the biggest rabbits Yeah I agree I agree And then you have Shake Some Action who He won that allowance race That uh, optional claim or that, uh, that Chestertown was second in And, and he was you know he was Pretty good that day but I think it's, it's kind of similar Like he won Chesterfield was Probably the best Chesterfield I don't get Chesterfield Chestertown I was Chesterfield, like, where, I remember, where am I right. coming up with Chesterfield Chestertown <laughs> is, uh, is uh, was, was probably better in there So I kind of feel the same way with Shakes in Action like he he's stepping Forward you know he can t- continue to take Another step forward he might be a horse that gets the Benefit of a trip and could maybe pick up some Pieces but he would really have to improve I think to, to be like in top contention Here I'm with you. I think that was the race where you and I both liked that. Uh, maybe that Amos stretching out that yep. was supposed to make the lone speed got hammered yep. down to two to one. I think the race shaped up for these horses, even though Chestertown didn't have 
the good a good trip. They both kind of got the right flow of the race, so they're going to need a lot of things to happen to me, shake some action included to uh, be a, be uh, at the wire. And then right next to him is the horse who was fourth in that same race was uh, was Sharecropper. Same thing for me. He he kind of tracked nicely behind. Uh, he couldn't get through. He was kind of begging out for room. He didn't have a whole lot of room, so he did have some trouble. But same type of thing. I think he's just going to have to make too big of a step up in here to really contend. I'm going to go the other way with this one. Nice. He's going to be an underneath key nice. for me. Um, he had legit trouble. Gonna... I just I, I feel like it might be a little much, but he did have trouble. He did. So you can toss the first race to me. Seven furlongs, too short. Uh, didn't take money for Al Stahl at Churchill. That was a good field at that point in time. You had a next out winner in Necker Island. Lynn's map was a good two-year-old for Cassie. He was also in this field, hasn't stepped forward. Next time out, I was very, very impressed with that effort at 19-1 to 1, uh, when um, when he ran down that field. So Union came back to win. Accession we've seen. Not Steve Asmussen's best horse, but just ran a real good second. Yeah, he did. In the Rebel. So I really liked the way this horse finished that day. It wasn't like the race collapsed. He was really the only one that really closed from well out of it. And then, uh, like you like you, you said, there was there was significant trouble in a race off the bench. This horse spent Thrift Farm $600,000. The dam was 4 for uh, 23, won the Lady's Secret in Monmouth. So there's some class on the dam side. And I just think this uh, horse can take a step forward on the stretch out to a little more ground. So... Winning the race would be pretty surprising, but I think this is a kind of horse that if you're someone that likes to key horses for third and fourth in the super type thing or third in the try um, at prices to kind of give you a shot to blow up on those tickets, I think this is a horse that I'm going to be doing that with, and maybe you can too. Nice. Uh, sharecropper. Yeah, I don't really have knocks on him, especially like I'm not I'm not going to knock a horse that's going to be a price. With yeah. That's yeah, the thing. Exactly. Like if he, if we're talking about a horse who's like seven to two like, with the same form and that that, you know, then we're saying, OK, maybe there's others to like. But when you were 21 like this, then sure, you know, especially for bottom of exotics um, and, and race shape, too, with a lot of these like how horses that we don't think have a problem getting the extra distance now. You know, this is a mile and three sixteenths now, so they are stretch getting a little more distance. And, you know, it's it's tough at a racetrack like Louisiana Downs with that or Louisiana and a fairgrounds in Louisiana with that really, really long stretch. Um yeah. because, you know, that, that makes it seem even even longer for some of these horses who kind of turn for home and, and, and feel like it, they don't have that far to go and then boom, they kind of start hitting a wall. Um you know, Ro- Royal Act, he tried the dirt for the first time. And he was behind Thousand Words, who had been very workmanlike um, for Baffert, and it was kind of flat last time out, uh, and, and didn't really get great get great pace shape. But I could I could go either way with this horse. I, I don't love him. I don't really have anything against him. Um, where do you stand with Royal Act? Probably up against it. The race did come back pretty fast, yeah. especially on the rags. Yeah, the rags, which is what I look at a lot for performance ratings, came back fast. It was first-time blinkers. Before I saw that rags number, I really was unimpressed. Um, from a, Not unimpressed, but for this level, I wasn't considering. It's interesting. I don't think – I think there's one American Pharaoh that's one on the dirt. If I Did I see that correctly? Some, did you hear it seemed like that? Yeah, not many. Yeah. Yeah, so I think I think it's a bit of a reach, but uh, another one where the price will be there, especially with out-of-town connections that uh, people in Louisiana probably aren't that familiar with, especially the rider Abel Cedillo, who's capable. If I hope the the horse next to him doesn't take too much money, because I kind of want to sneak him into some of my exotics. Um, I think he's a little bit better than some of his like numbers and figures would suggest he's kind of a grindy type he actually yes. reminds me a little bit of enforceable 
um, who, who's going to be right next door to him He doesn't, you know, I don't know if he's the type of horse Who can kind of be like maneuvered around If he gets into trouble or into traffic But if he's able to kind of stay in the clear And just kind of get a hold and make one run Wherever it be I don't think he has to be way out of it You know, I don't think he's not He doesn't have his speed But I think you can kind of place him maybe in the middle But he just seems like he's I don't you don't want to get stopped and started with with him, but I do I do like him. I do think there's some ability there and I, I have no issues with him getting distance. Yeah, that's the thing. I think he's it's it's not a problem. You just watch his stride, you look at his pedigree, getting the distance won't be an issue. Whether he has the punch to make mm-hmm. a winning yep. move is it's another good, question. Good punch. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And if he could avoid yeah, and he can be closer um than he was last time where he was dead last. I would have liked to have seen him maybe get second in that race if he's mm-hmm. going to be a real good horse. Hop did... in a little bit late too. Even yeah, yeah, he's just very grindy. He is yeah. But I, I wouldn't leave him out underneath for sure. So I I, I love enforceable in that and not necessarily as a horse to bet in this race, but I've got him in a, a fantasy league and he's just like a perfect horse to have in a in a you know in some situation like that because I know what I'm going to get from this horse. He's going to take back. He's going to make a late run. He's going to pass a bunch of horses late. And if they go quick enough and he gets the right kind of trip, you know, he can win. But he's not really a fun or sexy horse to bet on when you know, you know, he's going to be one of the shorter prices and he probably needs things to really go his way. He's just hard for me to like, completely dismiss him because I, he's another one who I, I think the longer they keep going, he, he's going to probably at least stay at this level or continue to improve where other horses might start and coming coming back. Yeah, very well said. The distance, another horse that I'm not concerned about getting the extra distance. I like the way Julian Le Peru fits this horse. His LeCompte, he got the uh, favorable setup. I thought last time's Risen Star was probably just as good of an effort yep. when the track was speed favoring and the race was uh, really uh, dominated by Mr. Monomoy on the front end. He still made a nice middle move and finished pretty well in that race, actually very well in that race. Uh, I'm not willing to toss him. I wouldn't be willing to bet him to win by any mm-hmm. stretch. He's going to need to get the trip and get the right flow of the race. But uh, I have him in my top 10 for the Derby. Obviously, a lot of the uh, variables now come into play I, uh, with how long, you know, with it being in September. But just in terms of talent and where he's at right now, I think he's the deserving favorite. And uh, I'll be including him uh, in my wagers. And then next to him is a horse who, you know, is one of the most important horses in the race And it's not even if he, if he wins it or not But I think we're both assuming That you know Wells Bayou from the inside They have to say we're going We're going to try to get over to the rail And we're going to go real quick early And if, if New York traffic breaks with him And pushes him he can change the whole Complexion of the race if he tries to sit off A little bit and he lets Wells Bayou sneak away That changes everything He's a really important horse in this race he is. Maybe we're dismissing him because it sounds like you're with me where you're not yeah, going to use am. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, these Gulfstream part. Well, I guess he was only had the one race at Gulfstream, and he was pretty dominant that day. Group wasn't that great, but it wasn't it wasn't terrible. Um, but yeah, he's going to be uh, very key. And I, I might have thought that maybe they would have tried to sit just off, but it's weird they add blinkers. Sure. They, he's had them before, but just in his first start. So it's hard for me to think. Uh, maybe you know, for on occasion, those blinkers maybe relax the horse. Um, you know, certain horses. But uh, it seems like from the outside, his style, he's going to have to go. 
And uh, yeah, we're 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 very similar in here. I, I think he's a very nice horse. I just you know, and, and if it, if Wells Bayou wasn't in here, I would kind of feel similar about him. Like I would give him much more of a shot to hit the board or to maybe get out front and get settled and to, to grab a piece, you know. But I, I think with that horse and obviously with Modernist court court to his outside, you know, and drawn there, we'll get to Modernist in a second. Just can't see it being that easy for New York traffic or him getting the kind of trip that I envision he'd need to win this race. Um, you know, then you have Lynn's map. I mean, he had a tough. He, he had a really tough trip last time out. I, I don't know if that means he's good enough to come back here and win. But I, they've always been very high on this horse, and I wouldn't be shocked to see him run a lot better in here. And um, I, you know, I'm I'm not against him, and I, I don't think he'll be that big of a, that big of a price as he is. Well, I bet this horse two times in a row and didn't really have an excuse. I made an excuse for him in the Smarty Jones because I made the excuse that it might have been the muddy track. Um, but he sat right off of a slow mm-hmm. pace, wire-to-wire winner, Gold Street. Uh, Should have run better that day. Then came back last time. I couldn't believe he was 18-1 to 1 in that second uh, division you talked about. I thought it was a very – I wasn't crazy about the group going in. I thought he was a major player, took absolutely no money. I think he was 5 or 6-1 to 1 on the morning line and had some trouble but just never – I mean, I don't know what Corey really was doing. Um, he was all over the place. He was in the back. He, he doesn't need to be sitting last early. No, I mean, he no. He took him right to the back. So, not surprised. Uh, I don't know. Does Lannery have another mountain here? Um, no. So, no. clearly, uh, Mark Cassie wasn't impressed with that. No, no. <laughs> Big no, I mean, Corey Lannery fan. Out but, of yeah. the spot, and then he had to hangle inside right away. And it, and it really it wasn't an easy start. He ended up last. He was ten plus off, and then he starts to move well from the back up the inside. But then he he's like he he has to alter course again. He almost bumps into a rival. Then he's in between horses, and he actually really started to get rolling late. But there were just it seemed like every lane he was picking was just the, a lane that would close up. The spot would close. He would get into traffic. It was yeah. It was it was just a uh, uh, not a very fun trip. Yeah, and that's the way Corey, Corey, great rider, especially here locally at Churchill Downs. So, but he he'll play that game. He and learned no, you know, and, Calvin and, Burrell type pad sure. day type game where you're sitting on the rail because it's really advantageous at, at Churchill. Most places it is, but here, uh, if that rail opens, you're it, it's you know. So he'll play that game where he's willing to take that chance, but uh, didn't work out well that day. You know, I'm glad you mentioned him because I hadn't really kind of was dismissing him. If you know. 30 to 1 on the morning line. I'm going to spread in the pick four in this race. I, I got to continue to use them. Yeah. And... You got to <laughs> yeah. you know, Even if he's half of that, you know, 15 to 20, you yeah. got to give him one more shot because he did have a legit, legit excuse. And, and you know what? You, you're looking up and down this race, and I think it's a contentious race, but I don't know if there's anybody in here that I'm like terrified of. Yeah, that's that's very true. It'll be interesting to see what kind of trip the trip works out because he draws in between New York traffic and modernist. So it could get a little tricky there um, unless New York traffic goes very fast, then it could work out well for him. But that's one thing to keep in mind. And then I know a horse that you've been very high on uh, for a while, Silver State, who, you know, he he took another like small step forward last time out there. I don't think there's anything bad to say about his race. Um. Yeah. I mean, it was. It, I mean, I, I didn't love it. I didn't love it. I, I. He takes another small step forward. He's probably still in contention, and he's he he hasn't done a whole lot wrong. But I I expected him to run better that day. I did as well. Um, I found reasons to make an excuses for him. 
Um, well, he, he lost by a nose that day to Necker Island at Churchill, didn't get off to a great start, then comes back in LeCompte where I really liked him. And I just thought Julian Peru got the jump on Ricardo Santana Jr. that day. I thought they both ran very similar races with the right setup, Was just really thought it was his day in the Risen Star. I really can't find an excuse. He was a little wide, and of course the race was won by a front runner, but for him to not outfinish Enforceable that day was where I really struggle. And, um, yeah, I, I, I wish I, I, you know, I have, I have a few bucks on him at 50 to one to win the Derby. Uh, maybe the extra time will get him the prize. Yeah. Know, but yeah. I, 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 if we were, uh, if the ticket was a paper ticket, I might've put it on the floor already. <laughs> yeah. Um, silver state. Yeah. He, he was, he, I, I think you, you, you took, you took most of the, uh, the, the <laughs> what I was going to say. I just, I don't, yeah. If we look at modernist, you know, I look back at the track and now you have Modernist and Mr. Monomoy who both, you know, basically won on the lead. And I, I wasn't high on Modernist at all going in. I'm gonna probably play against him in this spot again too, but I, I do want to give him some credit and some respect because he he definitely earned it. You know, he was battling from the inside throughout, which is not an easy spot to be. He was, you know, like in that spot where you're about a half length to three quarters of a length behind the horse who's on the outside of you. That's mm-hmm. New York traffic that's pressing you. And then you kind of get down in the rail. It's very easy to get sh- to get kind of crossed over and, and shuffled back. And he kind of just stood in there and he put that one away. And I thought, you know, at first that mailman money was going to go by him. And then I thought that major fed was going to go by him. And he continued to hold them all off. He was very impressive. I just, I, I still kind of want to make him prove it to me again. Yeah, well, there's some there's some things to point out. I think the distance, another horse that shouldn't have any problem getting the extra distance. Mm-hmm. He he broke the maiden at a mile and an eighth, and then he won again at a mile and an eighth. Not worried about that. I think the big question for Modernist is, uh, can he relax just off the early leaders? Because I don't know. I'm not convinced that he has to be on the lead at all, even though it looks like it in the form. Because those both those races, he drew the rail at Aqueduct and Fairground. So it kind of... Forced a hand, kind of like we're talking about with Wells Bayou uh, being the inside speed. It doesn't, you know, you don't really, uh, with young horses uh, that have tactical speed, you kind of have to go. Uh, but now with this outside draw, third off the layoff, he's got some seasoning, especially last time, like you mentioned, showed some grit in that race. If he can relax just off of Wells Bayou in New York traffic, he might be very tough. He's got um, ability. He really does. Yeah. Yeah, so that's where I'm at with Modernist. I think the price would be key if you're a win better. Uh, you want to get at least a morning line. I think you probably will mm-hmm. um, because you're asking for an if. Can he Can he win relaxing off the pace? I think he can relax. I don't think that's the Yeah, issue. no, I agree. I, I, think I just that don't know if he can pass. You know, The rail, a lot of times, you know, when you see horses that, you know, show speed from the rail, it's because they have to. You know, they mm-hmm. just got it. They have to get into a good spot and you end up right there on the lead. And it's like you just got to keep going. And, you know, he... He, he was good. He was just really good. He put away, you know, he at least three challenges, you know, maybe four that he had to deal with. It was he was definitely the, the best horse in that race. So um, I, I really don't have any knocks on him, but I, I like this race from a you can make cases for many in here. You know, yeah, fun really, race to really talk can. about. Yeah, fun, it really was. And, and so for you, um, you kind of give us your your overall like who you're going to play kind of how do you like stack this race? Well, I think from uh, I'm going to. The pick four standpoint, I'm going to use a num- a few of them in here. I haven't figured out exactly. I'm going to probably end up singling finite. So probably going to try to leave out the enforceables mm-hmm. of the world, even though I know he can beat me. I just don't want to play a real big ticket with 
favorite after favorite after sense. favorite. Yeah. Right. So he can win. If you're one of the, if you're playing a ticket where you're not using finite, I would definitely use enforceable. But the horses that I'm gonna use are Major Fed, Wells Bayou, Sharecropper, Lynn's Map, and Modernist, I think. Uh that would be as deep as I would go from the win perspective. And then from a in race perspective, like I said, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get sharecropper. I, I'm only using them horizontally because of the price same with mm-hmm. wins map but from a wager in race wagering perspective i'm going to i'm going to key sharecropper in the back spots of the uh exotics and uh, use those same horses i mentioned on top and then use the enforceables portos and silver states along with the other horses that i mentioned uh in the in the other underneath slots scott shapiro okay you've already given me 45 minutes but before i let you go i just have to ask you one one small thing man the nfl while everything else has quieted down and been slow the last few days, there have been some tons of moves in the NFL, which you just generally don't see. It's not like basketball or even baseball sometimes in free agency. Like you just don't see the big name players moving as much in the last few years. They definitely have. I mean, we've got, you know, Brady to Tampa, Phillip Rivers to the Colts, Nick Foles just got traded to the Bears. There's a lot of moving pieces right now. What what's just like one or two things that sticks out to you? Uh, one, I wish I could trade with Bill O'Brien. Right. <laughs> <laughs> wish I could trade with DeAndre Hopkins, please. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's the kind of trade where, like, I I don't play video games much anymore. Not that I'm against them, just don't. But I, I could just picture the, you know, like a Madden or something. You try to make that trade, and it, and no. it declines it for well, you because it's the too The joke unfair. is that people wouldn't have allowed it in a fantasy. League. Right. No, exactly. Like, you know that thing. No I mean, way. DeAndre <laughs> Hopkins is a, a generational type receiver. Um, and I think he's going to really help out Kyler Murray. So that'll be a fun offense to watch. Uh, from uh, Speaking of fantasy, you know, the Brady deal probably makes the Bucks better. But, man, I have Chris Godwin in a dynasty league, and I, it doesn't help Chris Godwin as much as it might seem like it. No, because, no, I agree with you. Yeah, Winston was such a good quarterback to have for Godwin because he made so many gutsy it. decisions right, and Brady's going to be more calculated. Um, I didn't like to feel I'm, a, you know, I'm a closet Colts fan a little bit. I've I think been a, I am too. Yeah, I kind of am too. Yeah, <laughs> I've I've always been a massive Ty Hilton fan, and the games are on here a lot because I'm only a couple hours away. Uh, don't like the move with Phil Rivers. I don't really see it as an upgrade from Jacoby Brissett, and uh, you know maybe I just can't see how he turns the returns the corner. He's so immobile. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I don't know if I really like that move and. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater was another big move. Yeah, yeah. The jury's out for me on him as a uh, real franchise quarterback. I think it's easy to come in. I think it's easy to manage an offense like the Saints with Sean Payton. Obviously, the coaching changes there will uh, will benefit the Panthers' offense with Brady and Rule coming in. But uh, I'm not so convinced that Teddy Bridgewater is a top 15 type quarterback either. So uh, I guess that that's some. Oh, and the one last thing, I guess the Eagles brought in Darius Slay short short time ago. I think him along with Hargrave, I'm going to be bullish on the Eagles again after they let me down last year. But there were injuries concerned. Yeah. And, and I it think it's kind of like I put a line through that race performance from, yeah. that, you know, like legit excuses stumbled at the start a bit, you know, traffic yeah. trouble. Yeah. 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 So Scott Chap, give us your, uh, your plugs, Brisnet twin spires. We could find you online. Let us know what you're working on and, uh, and where, where we can find all the, uh, the good social media. 
Yeah, it was great talking through this time, tough time. Uh, happy to come on with you. My uh, Twitter is at uh, ScottShap34. I'm doing a lot more writing on the Twin Spires blog right now with racing being the, uh, the the only thing going on. So a lot of articles on just even the weekly cards on there. I usually just stick to the Derby and Stakes stuff. And then uh, I do the Who Do You Like podcast, which, of course, you've been on a couple times. Gino did it this week. Also talking about these races with uh, my colleague Ed DeRosa. Um, we'll be looking forward to having you back on there, uh, soon and, uh, doing a little bit of stuff still for the Bet America side of things, but obviously with the sport slowing down, uh, more focusing on the, uh, racing on Twin Spires. Awesome. Scott Shapiro, buddy. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll be following along and we'll be talking to you soon. Good luck this weekend. Good luck, buddy. Be safe. Thank you. You too. That's our good friend, Scott Shapiro. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back here on That's What G Said. Big thank you to Scott Shapiro. Make sure to give him a follow there on, on social media and check out his podcast. Uh, it comes out every week, the Who Do You Like podcast. Up next, we're going to continue on with the Fairgrounds talk. Mike Gagliano, who just did a great job last time um, giving us the winners of both divisions of the Risen Star, and he, he had to come back uh, and see if he could do it again on a big Fairgrounds Louisiana Derby card. So up next, Mike Gagliano. Our next guest is uh, actually backed by popular demand. I had a few people asking if if Michael Gagliano was going to join us again to talk about the the big races fairgrounds because on Risen Star Day, Michael gave us the winners. It was at least of both of the Risen Star races. I think he gave us three or four races in a row because I know you were fine. You you were high on finite also, and it might have been like four consecutive races that you gave us winners. But no doubt about it, you gave us Mister Monmoy. You gave us Modernist. We're not talking about three to five shots that win. Mike, great job last time, and, and thanks for joining us again. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I believe Mr. Monomoy in Modernist was at least 6-8-1 to eight to one that day. Yeah, I think Monomoy was like 7, and Modernist was like 12. Yes, yeah. the top pick each. <laughs> and you were just super confident on both of them. And um, so we won't, this week coming up, we won't have two... Divisions of a, of a Louisiana Derby But we will have a massive field That kind of combines both of them um, We'll get to that race in a minute Before we hit that, you have a couple thoughts On some of the undercard races, right? Yes, sir uh, Race race number nine, the New Orleans Classic um, A mile and an eighth On the main track I'm going to go with top pick nah, Number three, Fearless uh, I read Ortiz Jr. for Todd Pletcher uh, One by eight and a half Lamps first Tom stretching out and second career start. Uh, the layoff does concern me. I think it's going to be like uh, around 49 days or so. Um, uh, I do like the 48 and change workout at Palm Beach on March 14th. So that's going to be my top pick. Um, I'm going to use Silver Dust underneath. Uh, I won the mine shaft, comes off the pace. Uh, it beat Gunner by three and fourth lengths. 94 buyer last race. Sharp work, full furlong work, 48. Flat uh, March 14th at Fairgrounds, and then uh, my price play would be Gunnett, uh, finish second, uh, as I mentioned to uh, Silver Dust in that in the mine shaft. Uh, early speed can come off the pace, Asmussen's uh, Ricardo Santana. So I'll go 369 in race nine, New Orleans Classic at the Fairgrounds. And then in race number 10, this is a fun race, uh, mile and an eighth on the turf course, the, the Muniz Memorial, and then we have. One of the uh, probably one of the most popular favorite like 
horses for the folks at Fairgrounds And that's Synchrony, who's a, a really nice horse for course Who made his first start of the year um, last time out And he came closing to finish second behind Factor This Yes, I'm, I'm actually going to go against Synchrony I'm not going to use him nice. in my top three Nice, uh, gotta take a swing pick will, Top pick will be instilled regard There we go, um, yeah Yeah, this one I like keys. a lot too yeah, I write Ortiz, Chad Brown, all five career turf races in the money. Three shows, one win, one place. Uh, it, coming off the third at the Pegasus World Cup, huge drop in class. Um, it won the Fort Lauderdale at Gulfstream, and then it also has a win at the mile and the eighth distance. And then my second pick is a horse you should be very familiar with last time out is Dot Matrix. Yeah, Sammy Houston uh, shipper. Yeah, yeah. The JB, uh, JB Colony stalked too wide. The same, the, the third place finishes in, is in this race, I believe, as well. Marzo, yep. um, who's also in the same race, two for three at the distance. All starts in the money at Fairgrounds. So I do like, I do like um, Dot Matrix here at a price. And then my third pick will be Factor This. Uh, well rated inside. Last time I both starts in the money at Fairgrounds. Two wins at the distance. Won Fairgrounds last time out over Synchrony. He won the stakes race last time out at uh, Risen Star Day over Synchrony. So I like Instill Regard, Dot Matrix, and Factor This at uh, Mervyn Munez Memorial Grade 2, 300,000, race 10. Yeah, we're we're in complete agreement here. I love Instilled Regard. So let's, let's try to go against Synchrony, and hopefully we can get Instilled Regard home in that 10th race. Uh, the 11th is the Fairground Oaks. Finite's going to be really tough in there and probably just like a very, very short price, not... Um, a race we have to really dive into But let's jump into the, the Louisiana Derby Now this is a big field There are many horses You can make a case for Unfortunately Mr. Monomoy Has had uh, an issue so he's not Going to be in this race and I mean who knows what, it, what that means for the Triple Crown Trail Now that the Derby's being bumped back Maybe he, he does get an opportunity to come back into the mix But your other uh, winner Modernist is in here He's drawn all the way to the outside So it might be a little tough for him but and I'm, where do you where do you start in here? This is a just a really really fun race. And I'm gonna go with a price play. My top pick is Wells Bayou. Nice. Uh, I'm gonna go eight to one. Still green. I, I like the race again in the Southwest. He raced well. Uh, ideal inside post draw in that race. Uh, he's got early speed. He could go gate to wire. Um, 101 speed figure in the Southwest. I thought I thought he outran his odds in that race. I thought he should have won the race, but I mean. Uh, he battled kinda, too. Yeah, he, he did battle. Uh, I do like modernness. I think the added distance because you, you, the Louisiana Derby's got added distance this year to a mile and three sixteenth. I do think he's going to have to come running uh, out the gate to over to get out that fourteenth hole. But I do, I do like the uh, the Risen Star race, like I said. Um, so I do think he can get in the money. I don't know about winning. Um, and then I'll give you a, a longer shot. I like Royal Act and Sadio and Peter Erton. And I'm not huge on California shippers. We talk about this all the time, me and you. Um, the two triple-digit figures from California, uh, 100 for the fifth and uh, for a fifth and Eddie Logan. That was a good race. He, I, I thought he ran well. And then he had a second and a Robert B. Lewis. That was a 106 buyer, son of American Pharaoh. He's worked 23 furlongs since that second, Robert B. Lewis, and three straight six furlong drills. He's coming in sharp. Abel Cedillo, very, very good rider coming in from California. And I'm going to tell you, Peter Erden wouldn't just send the horse to fairgrounds if he didn't think it had a shot. So I like, let's go with Wells Bayou on top, Modernist underneath, and then Royal Act 
underneath as well. Which is great. That's what's so so fun. You come with some prices. You come with a strong opinion here. So uh, a couple different horses to use for Mike, and um, it's uh, it's crazy out there, Mike. Hopefully. We'll have in the next few weeks races to continue to talk about, but we, we're recording this at like 4:30 Eastern time on Thursday. And as we just record, as like we're recording, Aqueduct unfortunately just had to cancel their racetrack because somebody at Belmont tested positive for the coronavirus. And now, um, the head coach of one of the teams that you follow very closely, Sean Payton, attended a race at Oaklawn Park on Saturday. Felt like he was coming down with a cold and it wasn't feeling right. He got tested and is now found to have the coronavirus. Uh, sounds like he's feeling better, but you have to wonder what Oakland's going to do now. It's just a crazy world that that we're living in right now. We just kind of hope everybody stays safe and and stays sane. Just keep washing your hands and and and, and practice social distancing. I know it, it it sucks being inside, but just put some money in your racing account and do some racing and follow Gino's picks from Sam Houston <laughs> on the weekend because this man hit some pick threes and pick fours. I tell you. <laughs> We've had a good meet It's been a good couple months I always enjoy talking racing with you We uh, we go back and forth on Facebook messages a lot About the different race cards And different weekend stuff And uh, you're uh, a good friend And we uh, we always appreciate you having having you on here On That's What G Said We knew it was just going to be kind of a quicker talk this weekend So Because uh, I have a lot of guests on And you just kind of came, came in to give we, we had to bring you back since you did so damn well But next time we have you on we'll Hopefully we'll be able to talk about more sports Hopefully it'll be at a time when we can talk about you know, there's a lot of fun things to talk about that we can't we have right. We had we could talk about Lakers and Pelicans, and we could talk yeah. about the Saints and football, and and we could talk about all sorts of different things. Green Bay, and and you know their year last year, but it's just uh it's a bummer. There's there's not a whole lot to talk about right now, but the races. And we appreciate you uh you focusing on those with us. Yes, yeah, sir. Thank you for having me, and good luck this weekend. Mike Gagliano will uh Mike real quick before we let you go, let us know where can we follow you on the social medias. Um, I'm Michael Gagliano on Facebook and then on Instagram, Mike Knows 30. Um, and I'll also be trying to get my podcast started within the next month. A lot of things going on right now, unfortunately. Yeah. Looking forward to that. Don't, don't feel bad about it. You know, this, this is a crazy time in the world right now. Everybody's kind of just backed up and uh, kind of probably behind what, what they had planned. So um, we'll keep um, Enjoying the analysis that you provide for us here on That's What G Said Good luck this weekend, buddy Hopefully everything goes well for you Thank you so much for having me Mike Gagliano We'll take a quick break here on That's What G Said And we'll be back with more One of the sponsors of That's What G Said podcast is Cindy Carava, full-service realtor. And I am here over in Glendora at Coldwell Banker with Cindy Carava. Cindy, how was 2019 for you? Tell us uh, a little bit about what uh, what kind of stuff you were working on. Hi, Gino. Thanks for having me. Uh, 2019 was just really great. Uh, I had a great year uh, selling homes all the way from Altadena, Arcadia, Monrovia, out to Upland and Ontario just recently. Um, the market has, has been uh, really good. Um, we're looking forward to 2020 with an increase in home prices about 5.8% this year, opposed to last year where it was a little softer. We saw uh, more like homes averaging about 3.5% in increase in value. Um, it's also looking great for buyers. Uh, the interest rates right now are going to be staying under 4%. So if you've been on the fence about thinking about buying a home, home, now is the time to do so with interest rates still staying low. And you offer more services than just the buying, selling, and leasing homes. Tell us about some of the other services that you offer and what a full service realtor really is. 
So you're right, Gino, besides me being uh, a full service realtor of uh, finding properties for my clients to buy or selling their homes or finding rentals for them, um, I also have a plethora of resources like uh, handyman, contractors, electricians, plumbers. Uh, I even, if like I said, if you're thinking about getting a home loan, I actually work with two great lenders that I can recommend to anybody. And you're all over the internet, social media, websites. Let us know some of the places where we can find you. I know I've seen some reviews on Yelp and on Zillow. They, everyone always has positive things to say. Everybody hears me raving about you all the time. But where can uh, everyone else find out information about you or contact? Thank you, Gino. Yeah, I am on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn. Um, and uh, you can contact me on my website, which is www.cindycarava.com or my email, which is cindyc.realtor at gmail.com, or feel free to call or text me on my cell phone, which is 626-394-6400. Cindy is awesome. She's one of the kindest and most genuine people I've ever met. I promise you, you will enjoy every minute you interact with her. So thank you very much, Cindy. Uh, Appreciate all of your support from That's What She Said podcast. Thank you, Gino. Have a great day, everyone. Okay, let's get into a big thank you to Mike, and uh, you've heard him a few times on uh, on here now, and he does a, a good job looking at, at the races there, so we'll see if he can keep the magic going. Let's get through my plays real quick for Fairgrounds um, for Saturday. Uh, we will start in race number two. I'm going to go with the four well-respected. This one just completely missed the break in her debut. She was 10-plus off. She stayed inside, and then she was in between, and then she was out wide, and and, you know, she ended up finishing not far out of second. It was a pretty solid effort. And, and then most recent start, she again had a slow start. She was sixth. She was seventh. She was about ten lengths off. She moved into a tight spot late. That cost her a few spots. She finished seventh. It would have looked better. She might have been able to finish, you know, like fourth in there. She's going to stretch out now. I think she'll be much better going a little bit longer. I expect a, a, a nice improvement race here from well-respected, one that I, I, I think they've ex- they've expected a little bit more out of well-respected. We'll play this one to win if we can get anything around 6-1. to one. That's in race number 2 at Fairgrounds, the number 4, well-respected. Let's go to race number 4, and I'm going to go with the number 7 in here, Spanish Kingdom. I played him last time out. He's going to take the blinkers off today, and he was a little he was in a little tight going into the first turn. He had to take back. He was forced wide. He was three deep into the turn. He was sixth. Um, he settled into the two path, and then he was again wide um, when asked. It, it just wasn't a great trip. You're going to get a uh, rider switch. We'll see because like I'm kind of just playing all these riders by ear uh, at, at fairgrounds now. And uh, I, I think he's going to be set. He can sit a little bit closer if he has to. So Spanish Kingdom going to be the play for me. We'll make a win wager on this one if we can get anything uh, around nine to two or so in race number five. Uh, no, no, no. I don't. I don't have a play in the fifth. I do have a play in the seventh. So that's where we'll go. Let's go to the three. Uh, Amani's Eagle. He was a step slow. Then he rushed up on the inside. With good speed, he was right up on the heels of the leader. He wanted to get off the rail. He just had nowhere to go. He got shuffled. He lost ground. He tried to to come on again down in, inside, and I'm that was you know going six furlongs. Now he's going to stretch out, and you know Johnny V's jumping aboard. 
Let's go with the three. Monty's Eagle. We'll make a win wager on this one if we can get six to one or so. Let's go to race number eight. And from here on out, these are a lot of the races that we've we talked about with Scott, and we talked about some of these with Mike too. We'll just kind of briefly mention who we like. Um, I'm going with the one Dream Passage. If we can get anything around three to one or so, I think that's a, a it's fair value. And if you want to play some exotics, I would use the one along with the two, four, five, and eleven. The two fullness of life, like just needed the race, big step forward coming, and uh, others are logical. We mentioned, uh, you know. Reasons why we like these with Scott uh, Lone Sailor in the ninth race I'll play this one if, if I can get you know That that price is good I think he's going to go up You know 5 to 1 seems seems fine to me But I think he will go higher in here And uh, you know I will the, the 6 and 8 to me are the logicals In, in there along with him to, to hook up I'm, I'm okay with maybe taking a swing against Fearless if you want to In uh, the 10th race Love instilled regard I think he'll get played a little bit Anything over 5 to 2 to me, sounds really, really good. And uh, in the twelfth race, uh, nothing, no play in the eleventh. Finite's going to be really, really tough. Um, as I mentioned, if Stop Shop and Tammy, you know, is is around ten to one, maybe even higher than that, and maybe I can make a case for putting a few bucks on that one. Uh, but in the twelfth race, let's go with Mailman Money. Um, he, you know, just to kind of reiterate what why I, I like him in this spot in the Louisiana Derby. The distance concerns me a little bit, right? Maybe this is a little too far for him, but I think the going a mile and an eighth last time out, he had an eventful trip and then he loomed up, and I think that's what kind of took took it out of him late, and that's why he he was a little bit flat late. I'm gonna give him another big shot in here, and mailman money will make the top selection. But as you know, we discussed when we went through this field horse by horse by horse. I don't know if the Derby winners in here. But there are a lot of horses I you, you could make a case to bet in this race, and that's what that's what a good race is all about. Good good race doesn't have to always be ten Grade One winners. You know, so a, a good race is a contentious good betting race where you can you know go many different ways, or you, there, maybe there's a vulnerable favorite that you feel is going to take a lot of money, and you can go elsewhere. And here, there's not going to be anyone that takes a I think a ton of money. It, it's going to probably be very well spread out. So let's go with Mailman Money. I mean. Uh, Scott mentioned Major Fed is someone who we like. We've had a couple people um, I- I've talked to that are really high on Wells Bayou. Um, you know, I-, I thought the ten, in- you know, enforceable is one that you have to use in the underneath with exotics. I like the nine Portos is like a horse who can keep grinding. Think about how many we've mentioned right there. I, I guess for me, the way that I'll I'll kind of stack this race when the- with the tier, I'll go two, ten, three, nine. 12 13 and then if I if I was going to go deeper that's where I would go the, the inside and the outside with major fed and modernist but just a a, a race that I, I I like from a betting standpoint there so mailman money uh will will play and uh, hope he wins the Louisiana uh, Sam Houston for Friday get your past performances out for March the 20th and then we'll uh we'll bring on Andrew for the interview to talk about Saturday and then after that I'll kind of quickly go through my Saturday play. So in race number 2, um I'm going to go with the the 6 in here, Sunrise Countessa. She was tracking and she got stuck inside. She was nine length, you know, off towards the back. And then she moved through into a really tight spot. She was always traveling well. She stayed inside. She ran into some traffic and she got uh, crossed over on, you know, 
She's 0 for 8 at Sam Houston. She has a second and three thirds. But when you dig into those races a little bit, the form is better than looks because than, than just at first glance. There are a couple races that were right before layoffs, which you can usually make excuses for. And there was another one that was in the slop that she just kind of never really got into it. So, you know, when you, you, you're able to make excuses for a few of them, I think she's rounding into to form nicely. She, she looks like she could be ready to take a step forward here, making her third start. She put two starts together real quick, and now she's had, uh, you know, a month off to, to get ready. And if the race shapes up for her, eh, she, could, she could win this thing. I think the five is no doubt the one to beat. Sarabi. So we'll use uh, Sarabi and all the exotics along with the six. So six, five, and then the one skip song who makes a whole lot of sense in here. And uh, I'll, I'll go with the three, Sundance seven, and we'll try to make su- seven violets kind of prove it. Maybe she catches some other speed in here and, and won't be able to, to wire this field like she did last time at, at 25, you know, 26 to one. Six, five, one, three in race number two at Sam Houston. Uh, race number three. Sam Houston, the four Storms Golden Boy, he can get the lead in here. Um, he he has a lot more speed than he's been able to show in his last couple. He had a, a tough start, two back, and then he really hooked a fast, fast animal in his most recent try, and was just outrun. There is not a lot of speed at all, which means Winter Wolf will probably be sitting a little closer from the inside, and he, he's going to be tough in here. The one Raisin Carter whose two races at Sam Houston, you know, are good. There, there are really no knocks. And then the six can, if I can, also include debut winner who just didn't show a whole lot against Allowance Company and now will be uh, be in for the tag. 4-2-1-6 in race number three there at Sam Houston. The fourth race will go with the number 10. And August Augustus Maximus, who's not a win machine, at all. Generally, you're not going to find me playing uh, horses like this who are, you know, 0 for 12 on the grass. But the price on him is key. You know, if he's even half of his morning line and he's like 8 to 1 or so or over, uh, you know, he's getting back to the grass where his races have been competitive. He hasn't won a ton, but he has some of the better overall grass form in here. He kind of has a nice running style where he has some speed, but he can kind of sit just off and 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 passive horses, but he just doesn't have the killer instinct, and and it just feels like a really good spot for him. Let's use the the five along with him. Money on my mind it was really impressive winning last time out. He, I, I was against him. I really didn't like him, and and it was just a good win. Um, no knocks on it. Money on my mind, and then the horse who beat Money on my mind a couple starts back when they were on the grass, and that was No Mo Hooch. So we'll use ten, five, and four here in our exotics. In race number four at Sam Houston, we'll go to the fifth race. The four to me just looks like a standout. Who's going to go with Mr. Midtown early on? I just don't see anyone in here who's even close to as quick as this one. He should have a couple length lead on this field, and he'll be able to dictate this race. He takes him as far as he can go. He'll have every opportunity here on the drop-in class to get the to get the W. The two railroader, 
he can show more speed than he showed last time out, and maybe he ends up sitting in a good spot, and that puts him in you know in striking range if Mr. Midtown falters, or if, if somebody else goes in and hooks up with this one early, or maybe for some reason he ends up on the lead. He'll just give you a good run for, for your money at a price, and because he'll probably be involved in a race that doesn't have a whole lot of early speed other than Mr. Midtown. The 7, Grand Red, coming off a win last time against the 5 non-2s. He makes a ton of sense right back for Asmussen and Parker. I'm just not sure if it's going to shape up for him as well as it will for you know Mr. Midtown, who kind of has that tactical edge. And then the number 9, Chronic Cure, who is stretching back out. And maybe he's a little bit closer early after coming out of a, a 5.5 furlong race. So, Four singled in some spots, and then you know if you want to play a backup ticket or use others, I have four, two, seven, nine here in uh, in the fifth. And remember, there's only nine races carded for uh, for Friday at Sam Houston, so that fifth race does uh, start your pick five. It's the closing leg of the early pick four, and it starts the late pick five. In race six, we're gonna go with the uh, the. Eight horse on top, and that is last I knew. I played him last time out, and he was just in tight right away. He had the take up, then he was hooked three deep going into the turn. He settled into a nice spot, but he didn't hold his position, and again, he was in tight. He had the take up, he squeezed back, he ducked to the inside, he just he had to hesitate in between horses. I didn't love the ride at all. Hopefully, Diego can give him a just a better journey this time, and. He he just look at his his turf form and his recent turf races, they're they're pretty solid. He's gonna be a price in here again. Let's go with the number eight. Last I knew on top, we'll use the four Bob's bad boy in all exotics. He's really improved in his second start off a long layoff. He had every right to need that February first race, and so he might be back to you know tip top form. He he looks like he fits very well in this spot. And then the ten Betta Lake, who's really quick. Drawn to the outside. I think if anyone gets away in here, it might be Betta Lake. To me, the 12 Bolt Capo, they're both drawn to the outside. They're both going to be winging it early on. And I just, I'm concerned that with with those two towards the outside, the presence of Clipboard Money, the presence of Call Me Richard, I don't know if any of these speed horses are going to have the, you know, the, the kind of trips they would need to win this race. So we'll, we'll use... You know, as our top two, the eight and the four horses who we think will be coming more from off the pace. In race number seven, let's go uh, with the four Poppy's Oats on the cutback. He's going to be really tough in here. He looks like he's got the controlling speed. He broke inward last time out, but he was fast, and then he moved in between horses to the lead. He cleared, got a little tired late. But he and he just missed second, and that was going seven furlongs. Now you cut back to five. He should be a little more fit today. I he can sit a little bit if somebody wants to go to the lead. But I think you know best case scenario for a horse like this in this spot, just be aggressive on the cutback and and you know ride him like he's the best in here. Go a little fast early if you have to get that separation. Poppy's Oats could be a, a horse to you know single in some of your late exotics. The two Devils Demise. I liked him last time, and he just was never in it. He was never comfortable. He was four wide. I think you can toss that race and give him one more shot back because he'll he'll still offer you nice value. He's not going to be a short price. There, if you were just playing him off his form and and not looking at the last race at all, he would make some sense in here. 
you could build a case for him. So I'm willing to give him an excuse as long as he's not too short of a price. We'll use the five-day Cordova as an obvious course. He'll be in the third spot on the big drop in class. And then the eight, El Chocolat, if you want to go a little bit deeper. Um, so four, two, five, eight. The four, I definitely have um, kind of head and shoulders above the rest of this field and we'll we'll single on uh, on one of the main tickets, some of the late exotics. Race number eight. This is a hard race for me. This will be a, a race that on one ticket I'll at least try to get an all in some way because I, I really, you know, you go up and down this field, um, you know, from the outside, poster girl, yes, she's tough. And she comes in from fairgrounds. She was out in Southern California prior to that. She's faced, you know, a lot better. But her last couple races weren't great. You know, they were against better, but they, they weren't great. You obviously want to see a horse coming in with a little bit better form. You go down to the inside, you have cowgirls like us who was parked wide early. Uh, She should send hard from the inside. I think that would be beneficial for her. I thought Zam Zam, you know, completely missed the break um, and took a while to get going last time out. But if you can excuse her last two, her form would be, you know, fitting in here. What's wrong with Curlin's journey? Um... Sorensen's riding really, really well right now, too. Just a, an added bonus. Tara's Angel battled on nicely. So, I, you know, I, I thought this was a really difficult race in here. Um, no completely strong opinion for me. The way I've kind of ranked them, one, two, eight, five, three. We'll do our best to try to get to a, a point or two where we can we can spread out because I, I, I think there are, you know, many that can win this race. No strong opinion, so... I'm, I won't try to get cute. We'll try to focus in on some of the other races where our opinion is a little bit stronger. Closing it out, let's use the uh, the eight horse on top. Joe D's Angels for Diodoro, who had a really strong debut. He broke well. He sat fourth. He was three off. He moved early. He was four wide all the way. Uh, he, he went up to the lead, and he tired a little bit late. It was a good effort. It was just the career debut. Uh, plenty of reason to step forward off of that. Earned a big number. He's going to have to deal with uh, Paul with all who actually crossed the wire first. Paul with all got the lead. He dealt with some pressure and he was able to win a nose bob, but he was DQ'd. It was probably the right call. The seventh place finisher came back to win uh, a couple starts later for uh, for a maiden 25 just not not too long ago. I thought the seven cool edge on this day have to Globetrotter, who won the first couple starts in a grade three winner. There were seven winning sibs that combined to win 16 races and earn 647000 This is not a bad little pedigree here for a, a barn who's just continuing to, you know, pump out winners at, at every track they're at. The seven cool edge and the number six, I'm just a bachelor who's a first time gelding. What's wrong with the debut race? Yes, that was back in July, and we haven't even seen I'm Just a Bachelor since July. If you if he was able to repeat that race, he would have an opportunity in here to at least hit the board at a price. So um, we'll use the 8 on top, Jody's Angel, the 7, Cool Edge, the 10, Paul with All, and then the 6, I'm Just a Bachelor, if you want to go a little bit deeper. So... Let's recap the plays for Sam Houston for Friday, March the 20th.
Pick fours in race number two. Remember, 12% low takeout. We'll play one of them. One, three, five, six with one, two, four, six, seven with four, five, ten. Single the four. And then a, another pick four ticket that starts there in race number two. Five, six with two, four with four, five, ten with two, four, seven, nine. Let's go to race number five. Pick five starts there. If you're not a pick five player, if you want to play the pick four, just move on to race number six. So we'll start the pick five. We'll single the four. Then we'll go four, eight, ten, twelve with two, four, five, eight. With one, two, three, five, eight. With seven, eight, ten. And then let's play a pick four. So this will start in race number six. Four, eight, ten, twelve. On this ticket, we'll single the four in race number seven. Race number eight will go all with six, seven, eight, ten. So one more time, that one is four, eight, ten, twelve with four with all with six, seven, eight, ten. That's a late pick four there. Horses throughout the card to include. Race number two, the six, Sunrise Contessa. Race number three, the four, Storm's Golden Boy. Race number six, the number eight, Last I Knew. And race number seven, the number four, Poppy's Oats. Maybe kind of a a single key to some of your late exotics there. That's Friday, Sam Houston. Let's talk a little Saturday, Sam Houston. And to help us break down that Saturday card, Andrew Champagne. So, Andrew's going to come on, talk some Saturday at the end of uh, the conversation. I'll come back and I'll kind of go over my plays real quick and recap my Saturday plays. So enjoy the the conversation with Andrew Champagne. A big weekend coming up at Sam Houston on Saturday. It is their biggest day of the meet. It is a a huge Texas Bread Champions Day where you have stakes races for every division. And it's one of these days that... Was um, was able to be kind of boosted and improved by all the big purses that came in through Texas this year. If you look at some of the cards um, and some of the stakes races on last year's card, almost all of these stakes races were fifty thousand dollars stakes. They're all bumped up to like seventy five thousand now, and we have some real competitive fields and some quality racing. So my good buddy, I think between the people who were on this episode of That's What G Said, between Andrew Champagne, Chad Cooper. And Scott Shapiro, it's like one of those three that are vying for uh, who's been on the show the most so far on That's What G Said. A couple of my good buddies that I always, uh, I'll always give them a call when I need something. So, Andrew, thanks for joining me again, and I appreciate you coming on to talk some Sam Houston in this really weird time in the world. I want that yellow jersey, man. I'm dead serious, <laughs> but uh, thank you for having me, and uh, the timing is pretty good here. I spent some of this afternoon going through Saturday's card at Sam Houston. It's a good card. There's a yeah. lot of really good opportunities, and that 12% takeout for multi-race exotics, that's huge. And if I may just say something really quickly, if you're one of those worst players out there that complains about high takeout at other tracks, and you're not playing Sam Houston, what are you doing? I know. I don't understand why. I mean, what's great about Sam Houston, you have a turf course, you have big fields, and you have big barns that are there. You know, in the location of where it is, unfortunately right now it's not that way, but you have horses that kind of come in from all over, that have that have raced from all over. You'll get horses from the East Coast, you'll get from the West Coast, you'll get horses that are kind of there in the Midwest. And I, I mean, I've had a lot of success during this meet. I've absolutely loved it. I know you're coming off of a really nice score on uh, on Wednesday evening, right? Uh, Yeah, Wednesday, I was able to hit the late pick four and I need to give a shout out to my dad because the reason that well, the reason I hit that wager is because he loved a horse in the first leg of the late pick four that I initially was not going to use. I took a second look. I decided to throw the horse in going four deep instead of three deep. 
that horse wins at 13 to one Amardine, and, the late, right? yeah. and the late pick four paid something like $480. So great, uh, great. shout out to Dave champagne for that. And I really hope he's listening. Sharp handicapper too, man. He's, he likes to play Sam Houston. And when we've gone back and forth a lot, he he's what I like too. He's not afraid to fish for some prices like that too. And, and he'll take a stand um, with, with some, some big bombs. So really good handicapping job by the, the, the champagne boys to nail that, uh, that pick for on Wednesday. Let's do our best to help some of the folks out there make some money on Saturday night. Let's jump to race number three. We'll start with the stakes races. And that's in race number three This one is the star of Texas These are four-year-olds and up They're going to be going a mile These uh, stakes races are all the Texas bred stakes But there are some really, really quality races So who do you start with in this third? Well, a lot of horses towards the inside Are going to take money Number one, he's so zazzy is nine to five Number three, Cat Second Silver is five to two Both of those horses are logical, but I'm most intrigued by the third choice in this race, and that's number six, Gold Buyer. I think you can toss the last race. That was on turf. This is not a turf horse. This is a dirt horse that likes Sam Houston. Two turns should not be a problem for this one. And what's most intriguing is I think he's going to have plenty of pace to run at, and I think he'll be coming well late. I'm going to go 6-1-3 in this one, and I'm hoping Gold Buyer is going to be a little bit of a price. Love the work tab. Love the running style. I think it sets up for him. Yeah, he's in. He's coming out of some good open races too. Now, and you're, uh, you know, before that turf race, and you're talking about, you know, facing Texas Reds in here. I think you mentioned all the logical horses. The only one that I might might be able to make a case for, and maybe use in some exotics, is Lethal Move, who I'll just kind of treat as a wild card. Who. He has some ability, um, and he's actually been okay on the dirt, and it's you know obviously top notch connections here with with Broberg and Cabrera. But yeah, I think I think you mentioned the right horses. I mean, Carl Broberg is going to try to do it with Cat Second Silver, who just won on March the 18th in a first level allowance, and will be back three days later trying to win this race. He did it, I think, on a four day turnaround. Just a, a week or two ago with a horse named I'm a Barn Cat. So he knows when these horses are live and they feel like it didn't take a lot out of them. You, you know you're going to get Cat Second Silver probably right on the front end in here. And the one he's so zazzy going to be really tough coming in from Oakland. So I think we uh, we covered that third race pretty well. Uh, moving on to race number four. This is the Groovy. These are the three-year-olds. They'll be sprinting six furlongs in here. This is a real contentious group I mean, you, you the one and the two are very live The six is obviously extremely live And then the four is really, really fast um, you did, The three is a first-time gelding for like a top-notch barn um, and, and then, and, you know, even, even getting to rock the devil You have a horse there who at least has some speed So um, this, is a, this is a good group First of all, if you're out there and you've never seen a race that Groovy ran, Groovy was a freakishly fast sprinter that recorded some of the highest fire speed figures in the history of those figures. Go to YouTube, watch some of the races. It's really, really cool. He was a fun horse. With regard to this race, I feel like this is going to be a popular race for players to hit the all button here. All of these horses are going to take some element of support at the betting Mm -hmm. windows, possibly with the exception of number five, Rock the Devil, who looks like a little bit of an outsider. Um, Number six, Gold Pilot, is the eight to five morning line favorite, and I think he'll benefit most from the likely race shape. He's gotten pretty good since coming off the layoff, and he seems like the main closer in this race. Mm -hmm. But I find it a little bit intriguing that Brett Calhoun will also saddle number three. He's a suitor who is a first time gelding. The second choice on the morning line is number one, good judgment. The rail has been pretty good at Sam Houston of late. He ran second last time out, two good pilot. 
But Steve Asmussen will also saddle number two, Bubba Bling. It's a pretty fascinating handicap puzzle in here. And I feel like the all button might be the right move in those multi-race exotics because most of these horses will make sense. Gold Pilot will likely be favored, but I don't think he's going to be an overwhelming favorite. So if you like him, maybe you get a square price on the win end. Yeah, and then, you know, even a horse like Wonders of His Love could be forgotten about. Like, I could see a situation where some of these horses, like Good Judgment, Bubble Bling, um, they, they're going, you know what, maybe let's sit off the pace a little bit and let this horse come back to us. And then maybe he doesn't come back to him. He's really, really quick. And when he's, he's able to clear, he can be tough to run down. He just has to improve a little bit on some of these common rivals who have beat him a couple times. But his his speed is like a massive weapon. I, I this is a fun race. Yeah, this was a good race, uh, a good race to handicap because you you did a really good job of building the cases for basically at at least five of the six in here. I'm with you. I think you know Rock the Devil probably up against it. He would need to improve a little bit, and he'd be a surprise in here. But anyone else, I, I wouldn't talk you off. I think Bubba Bling. Gets a good jock upgrade also with the Ramia coming in, so maybe you'll get just like a little bit better of a trip. He um, or a, a ride. He kind of moved just a tad early. I, I like this race. It, it's quality, uh, quality in the groovy. Let's get to the fifth, which is the uh, the bar alas. They will be going six furlongs in here. These are the three year old fillies. Where do you start? I've got a price play in here, Gino, and I'm pretty excited about this one. I like number seven. It's my money. It's My Money's run well twice here at the meet. Comes back in off of pretty short rest for a barn that's had pretty rough luck at the meet. Seven second place finishes and 39 starts to just two wins. I think the barn is due to get hot. And these are very good connections. The rider is very strong and a good speed rider as well. I think It's My Money is the main speed in this race. It is a field of 10, so there is some potential for a horse to go try to go with her. But... If you look at the early fractions, this is a horse that is very capable of going 22, 22 and 1, 45 and change to the half. And I just don't know if any of these rivals can keep up with her out of the gate. She's 8 to 1 on the morning line. I think that is a very, very juicy price. Some of the other ones in here make sense. And this is going to be a race where you're probably going to want to go deep in the Space City pick six if you're playing that. But. My top selection, eight to one on the morning line on number seven, it's my money. And I'm hoping that one goes gate to wire. Yeah, and you're, you're going to get a good run for your money, which is nice with a horse like this, right? When you have a price horse, a lot of the times, like I don't like playing price horses that are going to be coming from way out of it because it's like you never even get a shot. You know, you feel like darn egg. When you have a horse that has some speed, this is a good one. And this is, yeah, this is a race that I'm interested in too. I'm probably going to be next door on the other money who. Seems like he got a good She got a good prep out of the way last time out She was behind, she actually comes out of a really strong race That uh, that lady shaman race Where Cedar Hill has come back to win So I think the money horses make a lot of sense in there um, Tell me you love me I, I think is more of an under But I think he's, she's kind of on the improve too So uh, prices uh, abound In race number 5 there At Sam Houston Let's move to race number six. This one does start the late pick five sequence. You mentioned the fifth race is the the start of that space pity six us uh, space pity space city <laughs> pick six. Easy no for pity you to say. pity. I pity the fool. I pity the fool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was watching WrestleMania one the other night, so I probably had Mr. T in my head. You know, <laughs> so uh, we'll go to race number six here with the Richard King and start of your late pick five. Uh, where where the uh, where do you start here? I would love to find a reason to go against number five, Redditory. In this field, I can't. Yeah. It seems as though Redditory has beaten all of these rivals with staggering regularity when they've run them against state-bred competition. This is a horse that's been competitive against open foes at Remington. 
comes back to State Bread Company after thumping similar rivals last time out at this route of ground. Redditory for me is a single in multi-race exotics. It's not like he's a lock, but at the same time, the only new shooter in this field from that last race is number seven Easter Snap, who may very well get a setup running from off the pace, but who Redditory beat twice last year. So if you're going to cold deck and exacta, maybe I go five seven for a little bit of value. But Redditory is a single for me in that late pick five. Wouldn't be against anybody doing that. I'm, I think I'm like the the better in me is frustrated and one and wants to give Sunlit Song one more shot just because Sunlit Song got the trip that we wanted early, opened up three. And then slowed things way too far down And really kept Redditory in the race And Redditory was able to just go right by easily I think if Sunlit Song can open up And try to spread this thing out And not try to go 50 to the half mile That's a way that he can try to beat Redditory But I'm with you I just can't go against Redditory in here And you mentioned the other horse Who I think could offer some value in his live Coming out of those open races And that's Easter Snap So I think we mentioned... uh, the, the three, three very logical horses And maybe you can spice things up there With Easter Snap Late pick four starts in race number seven This is the Spirit of Texas These are four-year-olds and up Going six furlongs here uh, Where do you start? Well, you have to start with number five Direct Dial Who has done a lot to this point in his career But while Direct Dial comes back To Texas bred competition After running against Open Company I don't think Direct Dial is a lock by any means The horse to his inside, number four effluent gentleman, has the stranger danger factor. Ships in from Sunland Park for an underrated barn. Ronnie Cravens has been hitting at 16% on the meat and has settled a lot of prices to this point. Affluent gentleman, to me, seems like the main speed in this race, and it wouldn't surprise me if he leads turning for home and has something left. He's 15 to 1 on the morning line. I'm not sure we're going to get that price come post time. To me, 8 to 1, 9 to 1, 10 to 1, that seems a little bit more likely. But still, if you're looking for value and want to go against Direct Isle, who, make no mistake, I think can win this race, I think Affluent Gentleman is the way to go. Yeah, he's very, very logical. I have him in a lot of my exotics. Um, I'm a fan of JC's nightcap a little bit in here, returning to the dirt. His dirt form is not bad. He's coming into this race in a really good kind of form cycle. It looked like he got a nice prep in the first start in a couple months, and then he took a good step forward. Last time out, kind of has a like a versatile style where he has some speed, but he doesn't need the lead. I think he's going to be good in here. I mean, I think if you're looking for another bomb to use in some of the exotics, I thought the one Rumpoli, the rail might hurt this horse a little bit, but I think he Kind of has enough speed to at least Maybe work himself out a good spot This was a fun race I had sinking my teeth into You mentioned direct dial who's very very logical I mean you can make I think you can make a case For a horse like I'm a bling heading into A really good first off the claim barn What's wrong with the horse drawn all the way to the outside Sugar foot and bling We've talked about it through a lot of these cards That's what's great about a big stakes day like this is You have like deep races where you can You know you can make cases for Three four five horses in some of these fields For sure. And the other one that I want to talk about just a little bit is number three, Texas Longbow, who makes his first start for Robertino Diodoro. The Diodoro barn is firing on all cylinders at a number of different tracks. He's done well at Oaklawn. He's done well at Sam Houston. 
This is another that's coming in facing Texas spreads. And the last time he faced Texas spreads, he won a stakes race at Lone Star, nosing Rumpoli. So if you like Rumpoli a little bit, you sort of have to like number three, Texas Longbow. And that might be a horse that I throw in as, as a B horse on some saver tickets. Again, I'm not sure we're going to get the 10 to one morning line odds, just given the connections involved. But I think this is a runner who you might want to take a look at if you're looking to bet against uh, the favorite direct dial or the likely second choice, number six on the blank. Let's move on to the eighth race. This is the start of a late pick three. This is the San Jacinto on the turf, and they'll go a mile and a sixteenth in here. You have a lot of horse. You have a couple that come out of that Miss uh, Miss Houston, where Texas Bell was extremely impressive, defeating the likes of She's Pretty Lady and Zerelda. I do, um, I do think that Texas Bell is super impressive. Um, the one horse that I want to mention. Who I think could improve out of that race behind Texas Bell is the one drawn to the outside, and that's too much Irish, who kind of a, a late St. Patty's Day hunch play right there. Um, too much Irish, she can sit really close in this race. There, you know, the lumber gal, if we're assuming this race is going to be on the turf, is going to be out, and there isn't a ton of speed in here. You know, Brazo's Angel has a little bit. I think. Too much Irish might be able to sit in a really nice spot, maybe third behind, you know, Zerelda and Bravo's Angel, and, and maybe get a jump on some of the deeper horses. So I think she can step forward in here, but I, after her, I'm probably with the other logicals. Who do you see in this spot? Well, second off the layoff, I understand the appeal of too much Irish. I'm going elsewhere, but I understand that. And given the fact that you're likely to get that eight to one morning line, I'm not going to try to talk you off of her. I think the top two in the Miss Houston are going to be tough. Texas Bell was very Mm -hmm. impressive and she's pretty lucky. Didn't have a great trip. She was five wide, gets a big positive rider switch to David Cabrera. And I think that's going to really help her. You mentioned the horse that I think might stand a a long shots chance and a horse that you might want to throw into the exotics. And that's number four, Brian. Razo's Angel. I'm willing to draw a line through the Miss Houston. That was coming off of a pretty good effort, three back. And then Brazos Angel went out and won pretty impressively against State Reds going wire to wire. If Brazos Angel gets loose, she might have something left late and may well be able to hang on for a piece of it. 20 to 1 on the morning line on that one. That seems a little steep to me. Yeah, and you know, and there's really like on paper, there's really only two speed horses. So if Zerelda just takes back a little bit, or if she's able to clear Zerelda, or maybe Zerelda doesn't break well. It's it's always nice when there's like only two speed horses, because then you just kind of can pick. Okay, I think one of the two will probably get the clearance, get the lead, get the kind of trip they want, and then we'll have to just see if they're good enough. But you should get a, again some nice value here with a horse who's got a, at least some early speed in a, in a race that I don't think has a whole ton of it. So um, uh, a good another price mention from Andrew here in race number eight. Let's get to the late daily double there at Sam Houston. In race number nine, this is the Yellow Rose. These are Phillies and Mares, four-year-olds and up. They'll be sprinting six furlongs in here. I couldn't really get cute in here. Um, I, I did think the two outside horses were very live. She's our fastest is last year's winner, coming off of another stakes win. And was actually pretty good against Open Company in, in a couple different stakes races at Delta there. Um, and has proven at Sam Houston. I just... I, I don't think I'm going to try to get too cute In some of the late exotics I'll probably single She's our fastest Maybe I play another small ticket Where I, I use like the 7 and the 1 um, yeah, What about you? Who do you see in this race? 
I'm using she's our fastest, but I'm actually going to take a different stance. I don't think she's invincible in nice. this spot. Nice. Uh, number seven, I'm a discreet lady, has some speed, came off the layoff with a big win last time out at Delta Downs, where she may have been a little further back than she probably wants to be, but they were going pretty quick early that day. McMahon settled her down nice. Cabrera gets them out for Broberg, and we know what those two can do together. Number six, light up the devil. Also intrigues me a little bit. Bounced back last time out with a good win. Does take a step step up in class a bit for this event, but has run well against stakes against state breads rather. And I think has a long shots chance in here as potentially a horse that can stalk from the outside post. And let's not forget number five, brave Daisy, who's the two to one second choice on the morning line. That one's run some pretty nice races last year and has run up against a number of these, a repeat of the race two back makes that horse a serious contender. She ran an 81 buyer speed figure that day. And if she runs back to that number, she may very well be tough to beat. So she's our fast. It certainly has a lot going for her. But at six to five, there's not a lot of value there. And again, I don't think she's invincible. Can she win? Yes. But I am in a different spot here. If I'm going to single, I'm going to single elsewhere. And the 10th the race isn't a stakes. Did you, did you cap this one, though, to finish off the pick five? I did, yes. And I think there's a beatable favorite in here. Number 11, Zingfu drew a horrible post. Yep. And if anyone other than Steve Asmussen was training this horse would be three, four times the price at the very least. I think there are others in here that you might want to use. Number five, Brandon's Babe is bred for turf, ran really well last time out, went second. But there's a big, big, big price in here that I want to take a look at. And that's number two, Placati. Didn't run a jump in the one time that we've seen her to date. She was last in a minor stakes race up at Hawthorne, but is by Mr. Speaker and out of the Johannesburg mayor, Gino, that's all turf. And I think that horse is a must use in the final leg of the pick five, final leg of the pick six, final leg of the pick four, a 25 to one shot on the morning line that I think is pretty well meant. I think this is the route that Placati wants. And if that horse comes running late, chances are it's going to be a pretty good day for yours truly. Lacati, a live long shot in the last. Yeah, Brandon's babe is very, very logical. I'm with you. I don't think Zingfu has to win this race at all. Um, I give Pleasant Mo a little bit of an underneath look, and then maybe, uh, maybe Happy Sunriza, who's the the Tom Amos first time starter. But uh, a good way to close things out when we feel that there might be a very vulnerable favorite in race number ten. Andrew, my man, thank you so much, buddy. Really appreciate that. So I know. We're uh, you're up in Northern California right now, right? What uh, what have you been up to uh, in this sort of uh, almost quarantine where we're not really supposed to go out and do a whole heck of a lot? A lot of sitting on my couch, and most recently, <laughs> if any of you have been following me, on making Twitter, our way in the world today yeah. takes everything we've got. Gino, don't quit your day job. <laughs> don't don't pursue a singing career. Just don't do it. And I know that both your girlfriend and your son would feel pretty much the exact same way about they that. Would, they would second but, and third that. Yes. <laughs> having said that, yeah, I've been taking a deep dive into Cheers. I have never had the motivation to start because there's just so much of it. But when you're forced to sit on your couch, when a vacation to Vegas falls apart, 
And all of a sudden, several days of pre-scheduled time off from work opens up as a result, you wind up looking for things to do. And I've just gotten through the first of, I believe it's 11 seasons of Cheers and definitely going to give the next couple of seasons uh, a shot. There are some very funny moments so far. Carla jumping on the back of an obnoxious Yankee fan will never, ever, ever not be funny. So, uh, it's it's been uh, it's been challenging up here to be sure. I mean, you know this. My dad and I do Vegas every March for the basketball tournament, so having to cancel that was a real bummer. But there's not a whole heck of a lot you can do other than stay safe and don't do anything stupid. People in Florida on spring break, looking at you guys. Come on, people. Hey, I mean, if I catch the corona, I'm going to catch the corona. You know what I'm saying? Like some of those videos of people are just like, what? Uh, what? Yeah, I just, yeah, shaking our head. And we've seen how um, how this thing has started to spread now at, at, at all industries, all different sporting events, all different, um, you know, all through different walks of life. So just there, there, if we look back at this in a few months and say, we were overly cautious. We canceled a few things that we maybe didn't have to, but we saved a bunch of extra lives. I'm okay with that. Andrew, like we're, we're in a, a different time right now. Uh, I mean, I, I agree with you. Unfortunately, I don't think it's going to come out no. that way. Uh, no. If you look at what Gavin Newsom put out, there are reports, and I'm not going to speculate on the validity of these reports. I haven't read nearly enough, but just the numbers that he cites with the chances of 56% of the state of California potentially being infected by this thing at some point, my goodness, this is not a hoax. This is not fake news. This is a legitimate problem. And to those of us that are staying safe, to those of us that are practicing social distancing, yeah, it sucks. We know it sucks. But this is what we've got to do to flatten the curve and make things easier for the people that do have the virus and the people that are susceptible to its effects, the the elderly, the people with pre-existing conditions. It's just something that we need to do and we need to work past as a society. And Gino, I got to tell you, the second that it said this isn't a problem anymore, there's going to be one heck of a party. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I appreciate it, man. You've, like I said, you've been on the show a bunch of times. You, anytime there's something going on, I know that you're 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 always ready to rock for me. You've uh, been like a a fill in, a pinch hitter many times, or you know we focused on some of your different articles, or you know anytime there's something big or important, we we bring you on. So I really appreciate that. Uh, thank you very much for that. And uh, maybe next week or one of these next couple weeks, because. We're in a weird way sort of lucky Who knows what's going to happen with the races still going on But at least we've kind of got the races and wrestling Which are still going <laughs> Two of our favorite things to watch Maybe we'll do like a one of the old Wrestlemania Mania rewatches And then we'll, oh, and we'll, and we'll recap it on here Maybe we can get the, some of the people online to, to give us some of their thoughts And we can kind of make a, a, a little event out of it So maybe we'll, we'll pick out um, And maybe we can get like Darren on with us And we'll have a little conversation with the three of us We can, we can do Wrestlemania 3 or 4 or, you know, Some of the old ones and, uh, and I think people will enjoy that as we get closer to Wrestlemania season I don't know if people will enjoy it, but I <laughs> but we will. will. We sure will. So this is an audience of one type situation here, Gino, <laughs> and I'm all for it. <laughs> awesome, Andrew. Thank you so much, buddy. Let everybody know again. Where can we follow you online? Uh, social media stuff. Give us your plugs. Sure. Uh, Twitter account is at Andrew Champagne. Also been doing a lot of writing for both Ben America and Odds Checker US. So keep on the lookout for more stuff from me on there. Uh, if you want to take a look at my website, I haven't written a whole heck of a lot lately, but I will likely have something up this weekend on my Hall of Fame ballot, which I've just submitted. That's AndrewChampagne.com. Andrew Champagne, my good friend. Thank you, buddy. We'll be chatting soon. Have a great weekend. Take it easy, Gino. Stay safe. You too, buddy.
That is Andrew Champagne We will be back here in just a moment On That's What G Said Podcast Just wanted to remind you about one of the sponsors Of That's What G Said Podcast Sarah Candle Company Visit sarahcandles.com C-E-R-A candles.com Use the promo code G-I-N-O For 10% off of your entire purchase These are all natural soy wax candle They Candles they burn longer They are better for you Than the candles out there that have that traditional paraffin wax uh, I know the people from this company Personally I've grown up with them my whole life They love candles And the goal was to, to have an affordable candle That everyone can Enjoy Use that promo code G-I-N-O My favorite is Fresh Roses The Fresh Roses scent is awesome If you're a horse racing fan They got Del Mar in there You ever want to know what Del Mar smells like But you couldn't make it out there Order your candle right now From Sarah Candle Company The website C-E-R-A Candles.com Sarah Candles.com Promo code G-I-N-O For 10% off your purchase Always fun catching up with Andrew Champagne Thanks for Giving us his analysis of uh, the Sam Houston Saturday card. So let's recap some of my Saturday thoughts for Sam Houston. We'll start in race number one. Get your past performances out the March the 21st. He probably already had him out, though, because we were already talking about this with Andrew. So um, I'm, I'm going to put the five on top of I'm a Wild Bling, who I think will sit close. And now you're going to get the big cutback today. So we'll put I'm a Wild Bling on top the four big MC looks like the one to beat And Nijun's Glory if you want to go a little deeper You can't really knock what this one has done This is a 10 year old who likes to win races Very honest and uh, always shows up And give a good account of himself Very capable of winning this race too With that outside draw 5-4-6 there in race number one Let's go to race number two And I'm going to use the uh, I-, I think the eight's going to be really tough in here Not going to get you know um, anything real outside the box So I think we'll, we'll single Laura Central Bank Who's drawn outside Who looks the quickest in here And I, the rest of this field Is not very strong uh, To be fair <laughs> They're just not So it, it's 8, it's 6 Paddle Wheel who's dropping and cutting back It's the 5 uh, The it, it's, it's on his lingerie And it's the 3 um, Run on girl who We'll use uh, in, in some of the exotics, but this will mainly be kind of built around Laura's Central Bank in race number three. Now we're starting to get into the races that we spent a little more time talking about with Andrew. Um, I do think Kiso Zazzy is the one to beat. He was squeezed out of a spot. He was last. He was traveling well up the inside. He moved in between horses. Then he got squeezed again. He got shuffled back. He lost momentum. He lost a couple lengths. He kept to the outside. It was a good comeback race. Now you put two together. Gonna take a step forward in here. Has run well. At Sam Houston He's so zazzy Gonna be tough um, Andrew mentioned Gold Buyer Yeah You know You, you could I'm, I'm I guess I'll, I'll I won't really use him In as many spots But if you wanna go If you wanna include him In, in some Some spots I won't really talk you off Doing so um, I have the four Lethal move Is kind of the wild card Getting back to the dirt And then the three Cats second silver Who will be real quick And will probably be uh, You know Tough to run down in here If uh if he's able to clear, can I bob? Let's go one, four, three, and then we'll use gold buyer underneath, maybe in in some. I, I think definitely can hit the board in here, but I guess we'll be slightly against on the win end. Race number four, Sam Houston. Uh, I'm gonna go with the two Bubba Bling. I think he's getting a big job upgrade. I think he just moved a little bit too early to the lead. He tired. 
and he should be much, much fitter with that race under his belt. The number four, Wonders of His Love, he flies early, and I, he has you know a big shot to, to get a length or two on this field. He seems like he's moving forward in each of his starts, and I think this is a good spot for him to try to steal a race. And then the number six, Gold Pilot, who should get a setup. You know you're going to get some pace to run at with Wonders of His Love, but if anyone else is able to stay close enough to kind of soften them up, it's going to set up very nicely for Gold Pilot. Let's go two, four, six there in uh, in race number four. Bubba Bling will be one of our plays um, throughout the night. That If we can get, you know... Um, Three to one, five to two or so. I think that that's fair. In race number five, the eight's gonna be really tough, I think. Always in the money. Coming out of a very strong race behind a really nice uh Lady Shaman. And uh, we've already seen that race come back productive with the third place finisher coming back to win. Always in the money has been facing open company. Now in with the Texas spreads. Got the prep out of the way. You get a little more distance. She came closing, but she doesn't have to be that far back. She actually has a lot more early speed and can show it. She has some versatility to her. The number eight, always in the money. Um, After that one, you know, you heard Andrew mention the seven, it's my money. I thought the six, Tell Me You Love Me, is one that keeps moving forward. What's wrong with Dust of Flying, No Moss Tequila, really many you can go to. So after, for me, Always in the Money. I think Always in the Money is one that I wouldn't mind having some you know, some of us single in some of the exotics. If we can you know, get just, just five to two or so, that, that looks really fair to me. I wouldn't be shocked, though, if she ends up getting bet down a little bit because she is coming out of some good open races and now back in with the Texas spreads. Race number six, we're going to go with the four, Sunlit Song. I'm going to do it one more time. I just hope that when she breaks on top, they just go on with it and try to open up a couple lengths on Redditory. Don't keep Redditory in the race to where, you, you know, it's they're on, you're on even turns, come top of the lane, then you're in some trouble. Redditory is hands down the one to beat. Easter Snap, if you want to go a little bit deeper, four, five, seven, nothing really cute here in race number six. Race number seven, I'm going to use the eight horse on top. That's JC's Nightcap, who's back to the dirt, who's back in with Texas Breads after facing open company for quite some time. The uh, the one Rumpole, who, you know, the rail might make it tough, but he has some speed. He can sit a little bit in here. I think he's worthy of his, some inclusion. Um, the five is another one. Uh, obviously, direct dial is going to be really, really tough. Andrew had mentioned affluent gentleman who has speed in here, who has a big opportunity to be involved throughout. I'm a bling, top connection, uh, sugar-footed bling. The outside, I've 8, 1, 5, 4, 6, 10 in that order, but I do like the 8, and I'm, I'm fine with shortening up if you want to use 8, 1, 5, 8, 1, 5, 4, something like that. In race number 8, Let's go with the number nine as our top selection. Too much Irish. Kind of built the case for this one uh, when we were talking with Andrew. Sits close. Maybe sits third and gets uh, just a slight opportunity to step forward. Hope doesn't get hooked too wide, but could be in the mix and maybe gets the jump on some of the deeper closers in here. Maybe can get the jump on a, you know on a Texas Bell or a She's Pretty Lucky. If not, you know, if Texas Bell is close and in good striking position, she's going to be really tough to hold off in here. She's going to be really tough to beat. 
she's pretty lucky I think you have to use because she had a tougher trip when they faced each other and then maybe you want to get a little uh, a little price somewhere um, Goodnight Song who last time in with Texas Breads was a winner 9-8-7-5 in race number 8 in race number 9 Let's use the 8 horse She's our fastest as a chalky single In late exotics I don't like just singling a heavy favorite like this But I just think she is the best in here I think she's going to be really tough I think she's drawn well I'm a discreet lady to her inside Going to be you know, another logical contender If you're looking for someone to, uh, to defeat Last year's winner of this race Which is she's our fastest And then the one Eaton's Memory I'm fine with using this one in some exotics. I, I wish there was another race in between. I don't like the fact that they're she's coming in off of a, kind of a two month break here, but she's sharp. She's in nice form. So let's go eight one seven. Um, we'll we'll use the eight as a single in a lot of spots, and then on some backup tickets, we'll use uh, the one and the seven as well. And then in race number ten, the the five Brandon's babe to me looks like the the one to beat, and um, she was. In tight and and she was not easy to handle early, but she settled. She ran well. She was a clear cut second. You can see she was unruly in the post parade, so it just seemed like she she had a tough start. And, and then she relaxed. If she can just you know behave herself a little bit more pre race and, and and not be like her own worst enemy, she she'll win this race. The the nine. Pleasant Mo, I liked a lot last time out. I think she actually ran pretty well, and we'll give her another opportunity right back here. The eleven Zing Fu, you know, logical, sure. I just like others more in here, and I don't want to take her at like a really really short price. But she's hard to leave out of the uh, a lot of the exotics. And then Happy Sunrisa, the first time starter there for Tom Amos. Let's go 5-9-11-7 there. Remember Andrew mentioned the two Plakti as like a, a big long shot to include in some of your exotics. So maybe one to uh, to include there. Let's get to some of our plays. In race number one, that's where the uh, we can play a couple different pick fives here. Uh, we'll go four five six with three five six eight with one. We'll single the one. With two, four, six, with one, three, four, six, eight. Play another one where we go four, five, six, where you single the eight in race two with one, three, four, with two, four, six, with one, three, four, six, eight. And then, you know, I might even play another one that looks something like this where I go all in race one, single the eight in race two, with the one in race three, with all in race four. With the eight in race five, where we have two alls and three singles, just buy the two races where we think we might have to spread out a little bit, and uh, and you know punch the three horses that we think are the most logical winners in the sequence. And then we go to the sixth race that's the start of the late pick five. So again, same thing. If you don't want to play an early pick five, if you want to play a pick four, those will start in race two. Remember the daily doubles are twelve percent rolling takeout. Uh, the pick threes are twelve percent rolling takeout, so don't feel forced to play a pick five or a pick four just because I'm I'm giving it. I just it's easier to just give out one pick five because then everybody can kind of see what I will do in each sequence and, and how we'll use those horses instead of giving out you know a bunch of pick threes all the way through. Um, sixth race, pick five will go four five seven with one four five six eight ten with five seven eight nine single the eight. And then Andrew talked me into using the two. We'll go two, five, seven, nine, eleven. 
in race, and then we'll play one more pick five where we go four five with one five eight with seven eight nine with one seven eight with five nine eleven. Here are the plays throughout the card for the big night Saturday night at Sam Houston. Race number one, the number five, I'm a wild bling. Race number four, the number two, Bubba bling. Race number five, the number eight, always in the money. Race number seven, the number eight, JC's nightcap. Race number eight, the number nine, too much Irish. That is Sam Houston for Saturday. Um, let's just hope we can get through the next couple days at Sam Houston. They have uh, these two days, and then next week, four days of racing, and that will be it for their uh, their meet, which has been an unbelievable meet, and we'll keep our fingers crossed because uh, the biggest day of the meet is is coming up. It is Saturday night with the massive stakes card there and a ton of Texas Reds getting the opportunity to shine. Thanks again to Andrew for coming on and talking Sam Houston with us. And now we're going to get to our final guest on this episode of That's What G Said podcast. It's going to be Chad Cooper. So uh, Chad, the party pooper, Cooper is going to come on and talk with us. We're going to talk all about wrestling. Uh, we're going to go through everything going on in the WWE. We're going to talk about WrestleMania, all the, the big feuds in the WWE right now. What are the matches we're going to see at WrestleMania? We talk all about um, you know, Brock Lesnar, Goldberg, Roman Reigns, Drew McIntyre, Edge, Randy Orton, Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, Becky Lynch, Shayna Baszler, Charlotte Flair, uh, Rhea Ripley, uh, everyone that's uh, got a match or a feud headed to WrestleMania, and then we talk about All Elite Wrestling. We also discuss everything that happened in the recent episode of All Elite Wrestling Dynamite and some of the the angles and some of the things we like and some of the things we dislike also going on in the wrestling world. So a, a wrestling-focused conversation with Chad Cooper. Enjoy. I think on this action-packed episode of That's What G Said Podcast, we're probably going to have a... I think two or three of the people who have been on the most, and one of them that uh, comes and talks with us, whether it be about you know football, uh, anything to do with uh, some of the Houston sports, we can talk racing with him, and obviously wrestling, which we both love, and that's what we're going to talk a little bit more about today. Our good buddy Chad Cooper, Koopa Loop, man, now you staying safe over there? What are what are things like in your neck of the woods? You know, it's uh, it's interesting because uh, usually we're you know in this part of of the Gulf Coast in Southeast Texas is we're, you know, these times feel like a hurricane and we're kind of yeah. like locked down, but we have electricity and uh, everything's milling around, but most of the area places are closed. No bars are open. Uh, most of the restaurants, just like, you know, you guys in California, we're yeah. same restrictions. So it, it's very odd, but at the same time, uh, we still have AC, some television, and internet, so uh, I guess we continue to uh, to entertain ourselves for the time being. And a couple of the things that we're really big fans of, we met each other in horse racing over at Delta Downs, and then and that's how we started talking. And then once we became good friends, we when I quickly realized that we both love wrestling, and two of really the only things that continue to go on and kind of produce like live current content right now is horse racing, which. I mean, we're recording this at like 6.15, 6.30 Eastern time on Thursday And we've just seen Aqueduct um, and the New York racing cancel We've also seen the that over at Oaklawn Park um, Sean Payton, the, the head coach of the New Orleans Saints 
was just at Oaklawn Park last weekend And he has recently tested positive for the virus So now it looks like, I, I, I mean, just speculation I'd imagine Oaklawn's going to be closed They were still racing today, New York closed We still have like a few tracks open But it's really been like racing and wrestling As like the only <laughs> things going, right? The last like week And you know what's interesting about racing is uh, in Louisiana, uh, you know, I'm pretty close to Louisiana. I'm about 30 minutes from the border, but I just watched Governor uh, Edwards' press conference just because in Louisiana, especially in New Orleans, is ground zero. They have like 300 plus cases of confirmed with eight deaths. But this afternoon, they just drew the overnight for next Wednesday or Thursday's card at fairgrounds. I'm like, and they okay. got the Louisiana Derby, and they're like their big, big card this weekend. So, um, it's I mean they've they've kind of continued to restrict who can be at the racetracks, and obviously no fans there and stuff. But it, to me, it's just I'm I'm glad that we have something to continue to watch and, and entertain us. And and with with racing, what's kind of different about racing versus like all the other sports is there's gonna have to be some people on the backsides taking care of those animals, no matter what. Sure. So yeah, I just I just hope everything goes smooth because we don't want to see like we just, you know, if people start catching it at, you know, all these tracks all around and with the horses when they ship and then people go here and there, jockeys go here and there, and it's just it's uh it's it's not been great. Um but but I, we we we're we're gonna do our best because we're gonna you know, we're 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 in a weird time. I, I just there's not, can you recall anything like what's the what's the closest thing that you can like equate this to in in our lifetime in your lifetime? I mean, where all the sports are shut down, everything's shut down. I guess you kind of mentioned it because where you are, it's kind of like when like a big hurricane or a big storm comes in. Sure, sure, yeah. For the areas, uh, you know, definitely, I've been dealing with hurricanes most of my life. You know, in 05, we had Rita. In you know oh eight we had Hurricane Ike. We've had two massive, you know, one in 1,000 year floods in consecutive, you know, in 17 and then one this past year with Harvey, you know, but usually just the region, you know, I go back to 19, you know, in early, I was in eighth grade. So I'm thinking 89 or 90, um, you know, there was, you know, some, we, we declared war. You know, back then, and they shut school down for a week, and then you fast forward maybe to 2001 through 9/11. Um, you know, the the air travel was shut down, and then games yeah, were postponed. Yeah. But I'm seeing pictures of Las Vegas that just make me tear up because that's crazy. Right home away from home, I saw uh, still a nothing. Can airport today, and so there's no one there. There was like two or three flights that came in and came out. There's two or three that usually go on every five minutes or so. I saw a picture of no, the strip I, with no cars. One yeah, of those, I, some I, of those I, pictures. It's just like I, no cars. It doesn't, you, you don't even see that in like a movie. You know what I mean? It's like, I am legend. Right. It's like, it's yeah. really. Yeah. And it's really disturbing. And, and it's like, you keep hearing, okay, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. We bounce back. But like the conspiracy theorist in me says, well, what if it doesn't, you know, but you know, we're, we are a great nation, regardless if you think uh, this side of politics or that side of politics. Um, I, I think, you know, here over the next couple of weeks, I'm not saying two or three weeks because I know nothing that no one else probably does instead of reading reports and watching TVs, but we're a pretty strong nation, and uh, you know, it, it just it, it hurts for the high school kids. Oh yeah, uh, it, I mean, it, today it, was it, supposed to be March, the first day of March. It, it's crazy. Sure. 
it feels well, like they canceled this like six months ago, and that yeah, was only this, like a week ago. I, I'm a sports writer and entertainment writer. I have nothing to write about, so I'm in hard news. And so yeah. this is a week for me in hard news, and it has seemed like two months for me. Yeah. This is just from Little League getting canceled, high school, college. You know, it's just it's really gutted. But as you said, there's a couple of things. That have kept us like okay. There's only so much Netflix you can watch, right? When you Vinny, know you Vinny Mac, it, you don't want to do it. You, you know, know, Vinny Mac is not shutting down. No. Vinny Mac is not no, shutting down. On, right? And the, the and we we found out that I'm I'm sure he's not too happy about the losing a lot of the gate and the merch and stuff for WrestleMania, but they sure. will go on. The WWE will go on with WrestleMania, and it's going to be a two night presentation on the WWE Network. It's going to be Saturday, April 4th, Sunday, April 5th. We're going to have, you know, what nobody in the audience, what we've seen um, WWE do now for the last two shows. They did it on SmackDown for Friday night. They did it for Monday Night Raw, and they sort of did it for NXT. Same thing. NXT wasn't really even as much um, out there as the other two shows were. But what do you, what do you think? Like, what's your initial reaction to this? And And with this announcement, it's Rob Gronkowski. Who's Gronk? Who's going to be hosting <laughs> this thing? So I mean, this is just going to be very different than the WrestleManias that we we know of. And you talk about mainstream with nothing else going oh, on. Yeah. April fourth and fifth, and the Gronk hosting this, and you know what? He signed a contract with the WWE. It looks like he's you know, you know, maybe a couple times a year we'll see him involved in the in the in the WWE ring, but. ESPN will be all over this, you know, you know, we're a couple of weeks away from this. So on that side of it, there's going to be a lot of new subscriptions. Uh, if you think 80,000 goes to the stadium to watch it, there'll be 80,000 more on the network. There's yes. not much more going on. So we knew it wasn't going to get canceled. We knew it was, you know, there's a chance of being postponed maybe in June, but you know, still then you don't want to take that risk. And, you know, Florida seems like the, the place to, to, to start holding shows because beaches were still open for a while and people were going, uh, you know, doing spring bank stuff. But, uh, you know, it's going to be two nights. Uh, you're going to have a lot of matches. You know, I, I feel bad for NXT TakeOver. So hopefully, hopefully some of those matches that were going to be used on TakeOver uh, for that weekend will be, you know, kind of absorbed for this two night event, which I think so, because I think you're yeah. going to get now probably 20, 24 matches. I agree. You know, yeah. Tonight. Yeah, and and I think we th- there's a lot of ways that you can do this now, and you know, and you know, WrestleMania will probably be different than how WWE will go on with the TV moving forward. But when yeah. we'll talk about All Elite Wrestling in a little bit, because they had a, a show last night for the first time without an audience, and I, I like. Like I think what it's going to force everybody to do here is to just get a little bit creative, and we're going to probably have to see, you know, vignettes, maybe some things taped in different locations, you know, people maybe skyping in or cutting promos from home or from sure. different places, just getting a little bit different. Which w- right now you mentioned there's nothing else going on. Everybody's going to cut them a little bit of slack right now. That when they're, you know, if the production isn't up to snuff 1000% because I think people just appreciate it. I've even seen a lot of people not wanting to rip WWE and like the wrestling fans are such a vocal (laughs) community, but like the last couple of weeks, um, it seems like people are just trying not to say too much negative because they're just happy that there's something for us to watch. And I I think 
what they've been doing I think they kind of got hit you know hit a little um, by surprise and so they've replayed you know um, on a couple of the, they replayed the Royal Rumble they replayed a, a match from the Elimination Chamber but the, but they've been mixing in some of that with live programming they've been bringing Triple H out to to some <laughs> co- on the commentary and he's been pretty funny because he, he can really get away with whatever the hell he wants you know he sure, just, he's, sure. he says whatever he wants but what um what. What's the feel been like as you've watched these shows? Um, have you enjoyed them? I thought there's been some good promos, some good things here and there. I just sure. want to, I want to see a little more creativity from them moving forward, which I, I think we kind of got from AEW last night. Yeah, you know, as far as WWE, I, you know, I, I like the Performance Center. I thought, yeah, know, uh, the, the Raw and SmackDown from there. Of course, you can see that a lot of WWE superstars uh, did not make it in. Some of them, I think, may have been still in other countries, and now there's a international travel ban or what have you. My biggest concern moving forward with this, we're still a couple of weeks away, is which one of who is going to be the first professional wrestler to test positive? To test positive. And yeah. does yeah. that change? It's, it's almost want, inevitable at this point, right? right? And, I, and I don't want to be the Debbie Downer. So no, that does no. change a lot of things because that has been the only negative. That's what horse racing had going for it up until sure. today. Literally, right. like today, we now found that we had someone at in the New York Racing Association. Right. We, you know, and because any of the other tracks that had, they, there was one, like I think at Yonkers, but that was like early and they shut down. And so thoroughbred racing has been, had been pretty. I don't want to say lucky, but they just hadn't had anything really pop up, and they hadn't they they were able to still go because of that. You're absolutely right. We're just kind of sitting on pins and needles, just kind of hoping that it, that it goes well. But it's like in wrestling too, and when you're a match, it's like hand to hand combat, and you're sure. working, you're sweating, and you're working, and you're like right there with someone else. That feels like the 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 most type of interaction, you know. I just, I just imagine they're going to be have all have been tested, but been tested a lot. Like I, I'm, you know, WWE is going to go through every precaution possible because you mentioned with all the eyes of the world on them, they're not going to want something to pop up or something to happen. But it's just, um, it's it's just a scary time right now. It is, and and as you mentioned, you know, the creativity part. This is you're now going to see it till its fullest. You know, you yep. go back to WWE first, you saw. You know, we had some fans at the Performance Center. Well, then they said, okay, we can't do that. And I enjoyed Raw, and I enjoyed SmackDown there. How much longer can we continue to go, uh, you know, okay, okay. So they're going to have to get real creative. And yep. I think WrestleMania is the perfect spot for this. I, yes. I think we're, they've scrapped. I, I hear some matches that were supposedly rumored to take place. We had a mix tag match i hear Dolph and and mandy rose uh, were going to go up against otis and, and maybe uh sonya but you know they're going to get real creative and i think bringing some nxt i think the women's i was really looking forward to the nxt women's number one contender ladder match i was really looking forward to that um so i think they can bring in some of that mix it up and maybe put some wwe main roster uh, guys and girls in some of these matches, and I think you are going to see these performers go all out. And match-wise, you're not going to get the big chills and the big production for WWE, but I think you're going to see some of the best matches to date when they do this two-night event because all eyes are going to be on those two dates. I believe what is it, April fourth, fifth, or April fifth? Yep. Yeah, fourth, fifth. That Saturday, Sunday, um, and. There, there, and we'll start to go through what looks like 
sure. the card for the most part. I mean, um, I I've liked a lot what they do. You know, we we're critical and, and as fans, and we'll get critical about some things. I don't love a lot of um. What what happened at like the Super Showdown show no, recently? No. Um, I wasn't a big fan of like a lot of the booking in that show, but there are some of these feuds going that I do I do like. I like what they've done with McIntyre. I, I really do. It's been Absolutely. a great build with him. A lot of times they have someone who they you know wins the Royal Rumble and then it's kind of like dull for a month or six weeks because they don't have a lot to do. He's been really good. He's been kind of. Like organically getting over with the crowd It was like a really nice clean Babyface turn for him He's believable as this big guy That can compete with Brock I really like what they've done with him I'm looking forward to this match Yeah and Brock doesn't need to be on every week as you No Because he, he's just that side so That, that side show circus Tent pole attraction mm-hmm. you, you hit the nail right on the head With Drew McIntyre This guy didn't have to go out and try to be a baby face. What he did in the Royal Rumble, that buildup where they kind of teased, okay, there's no way he's going to win, right? There's no way he's going to win. And then he wins it and gets this huge pop. And then what he's done in his promos have been absolutely the best of his career. I, th- this guy, you know, Vince and Triple H, you know, donned him the next big thing years ago. and like the chosen said, one. Yeah, the chosen one, right? And and the all the interviews, he's he's tells you, you know, that there was just so much pressure, um, he couldn't handle it, and now it has worked out perfectly for him, and that is the match to see as of right now of all the ones that we know that's going to happen. I cannot wait to see him and Brock work a match because I think it's going to be fantastic. Two big guys, very physical, and of course you got Paul Heyman on the outside. You do not need fans for that match. No, this is that's going to be a blast. I'm really looking forward to that one. And then on the other side, the Universal Title. Um, this match is going to be interesting, and and I think this is a match that th- they probably don't mind there being no fans for because this would have gotten a really weird reception. The Goldberg versus Roman Reigns uh, match. You know, I think many of us like I don't mind having a Goldberg on the card. I don't mind having an Undertaker on a card. I just don't like the fact that WWE. Doesn't really do like the logical booking that almost every territory or company does. It's like you have the older guys put the younger guys over, and they really always seem to do it ass backwards. Right? I'm okay with the fiend Bray Wyatt not having a title. Me too. Yes. You just gave it to the guy, right? And then Goldberg, who. is a is a once every two year guy. You never know when he's you know. It, it's just it just doesn't work. And now you put Roman Reigns, who's more than likely gonna win that match, right? It is just like uh, I know it won't happen, but that needs to go on first on Saturday, the first show, right? Just or get it done just, and get just that get it over with. Yes, just get it over with. I, I am dreading this match. I'm gonna be honest with you. Of course, I'm going to watch it because I want to be able to complain about it and say, oh, yeah, right. But but yeah, of all the matches not to have fans, this is the match because I don't would maybe they cheer Roman Reigns if 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 he goes over Goldberg. But as popular as Goldberg was during the WCW era and then what he's been able to maintain throughout his life. The the average fan now does not care about him. The last two times he's come back, he even when he hit his his 
you know, come back when he when he had a, that really good WrestleMania match against Brock, and sure. that that kind that run that that wasn't bad. But it seems like after that, the last time we saw uh, him at the Super Showdown with the Undertaker, and then he had that horrible match when he concussed sure. himself, and I think he was like trying to prove a point to himself and his son that he still had a little left in the tank, and it's just. I'm fine with that. I just wish, I wish it wasn't involving one of the major titles. And and I think you also hit it too. I don't mind the fiend. You really should have never given him the title to begin right. with, right? He's he's Absolutely. more like an Undertaker type who is like you said. He's like an attraction. He kind of has the spooky thing going on. You kind of leave that away from the title, and you have him kind of be like a co-main event many times with with you know the attraction part of it. But he. I just didn't like I didn't like that. And that was on the same show where we saw The Undertaker come out and just squash AJ Styles very quickly. Oh, and yeah. we saw Ricochet, who, you know, I am I'm assuming Ricochet is gonna get beat by Brock, but he got absolutely crushed, didn't even get anything in, which was which was very weird. So when you put all three of them together on one show, I think it left <laughs> a, a, a sour taste in a lot of the fans' mouths. Um Let's move on to the top women's matches So uh, you mentioned NXT Well we have Rhea Ripley Who's been kind of like the next Coming, the next one that they've pegged uh, And she's kind of like a mini Charlotte, you know And and she'll be facing Charlotte Flair Which I I liked this, I think it'll be a good match I just, it's been unfortunate Because I don't think I still think there's probably a lot of folks On the main roster that don't know enough About Rhea yet and haven't really been able To see her and it's been hard now With everything that's going on Perfect, perfect assessment The opposite side of it where we think Okay, no fans, no worries for Goldberg Roman, I think This has hurt Rhea Ripley Yeah, You know, she was hot on Wednesday nights NXT um, They start putting her on the Main crowd and as much as you think You know, every, you know WWE, as I call them, some of these T-shirt fans who go to live events and go and, and watch Raw, watch SmackDown. Do you know a lot of these? A lot of folks do not watch it on Wednesday no, nights. No, they, they don't. We're, we're in a bubble, and we kind of forget we're in the sure. Twitter bubble, you know, and we're all interacting with each other. But that's not sure. the majority of the world no. or the people watching. Just look at the television ratings mm-hmm. on Wednesday night. We're basically quarantined, and AEW doesn't hit a million, and NXT is showing, you know, reruns. So. I think this really hurts this match, even though I think it's going to be very good. Could be, this could be play. like a steal the show match from like sure. a work. Like they could go and be Absolutely. really, really good. The build has just suffered a lot. It has, and it's very unfortunate. And uh, I, I know Charlotte was able to appear on NXT a couple times, but you know, once Rhea has won the NXT Women's Championship, it's kind of like, okay, the underdog won, and, and the the punk rocker, you know, she, th- this, this chick is different and it's kind of like she won the title in now what? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And that frustrates me because I really, really like her. Me too. I really, really like her. And, and yeah, like, let, let's just hope that this could be a great match and maybe that can help sure. build her moving forward because yeah. um, it's just, it's just going to be tough to kind of squeeze in like more of a real build um, leading up. And then the other women's championship, the raw women's title, it's going to be Becky versus Shayna. I, I'm fine with this match. I like, I, I think Shane is a good opponent for Becky. I just, it was really weird because it seemed like the elimination chamber was just a very not like not needed show, no. you know, because no, we knew going in that Shayna was going to win that match. And, and, and it went on last. So I guess, and I'm fine with that, but yeah. not the way the match was worked, you know, yep. it's just, uh, and then 
For as good as Shayna has been in MMA and as good as she has been in NXT and the NXT fans eat her up, her promos are terrible, awful, you know, and and Becky is on the other end of it. And now it's like, okay, is it Becky overkill? Is it Becky overkill? Yeah, it it feels like that. It she's kind of getting forced and her she's kind of yes. become like a caricature of herself now. Right. You know, right. and she's very like acting very heelish, which yes. is which is weird because I would be fine if she was gonna get a little more edge to her if there was someone on the other side, but but Shayna's never gonna get cheered. No. You know, she's because she's a great heel. She's a great heel. Um, you, like you mentioned, she does good work, and I think that's why in NXT she was able to get a little bit more protected there, you know, with the way that right. things sure. are. It's not um and and so this is another one where it could be a great match. You know, it could be like they could go back and forth. But um, I'm not like you know like a thousand percent pumped for this one. Really, no, you know, there I there think, are. Other- I think, you know, I think this is where Shayna is missing a mouthpiece, and maybe sure. I, you know Ronda would have been great, maybe or or someone else to be with her to lead her through this. But her her promos have been disastrous, and it's really hurt Becky Lynch. And uh, and then a couple, um, I guess we'll call grudge matches. There are uh, three. It looks like one-on-one matches where you have kind of older veteran types. The first one, The Undertaker, back sure. again. AJ Styles. <laughs> uh, AJ Styles kind of cutting some promos, calling him out about uh, you know his his wife forcing him to come back. Um, I don't mind. Undertaker versus AJ, I, you know, and I think if, if there's anyone that can get a good match out of Undertaker, it's it's probably going to be AJ. Um, sure. I just hope that this match is booked like more a little more realistically than we've seen some of their interactions. I, I don't want to see like older Undertaker just laying waste to everyone anymore. He has to be a little more vulnerable. Y- yes, and you know we saw you know this past what Friday night. Uh, on SmackDown, or was it Monday night? I think it was Monday, Monday Raw, Monday, yeah. Yeah, Raw, you know, The Undertaker appears. I'm okay with that. I like that. Yes, I, I like sure. Going the personal route, bringing the wife in, Michelle yeah. McMoney, big money, uh, Michelle McCool, or what have you. But now I think the tide needs to turn with a week or two out. And eight, some, yeah, we, we need to see The Undertaker human because we've seen the Squatch match, and we cannot have that again. I know AJ is... is is a veteran and we know this and we know that about AJ but he does not need to be squashed again. And we got Cena versus the Fiend. We've seen this in like a different way a few years yeah. ago. Um I like what they've done with the Fiend character like I said for the most part there's been a few booking snafus here and there like I I I think Bray is very talented and he's done a really good job with this and um I, I you know what like him or not I always I always like seeing John Cena around. People oh, care about him. People he's take ready. notice. He's just, he's one of the greatest of all time, whether or not you think he's in ring or what you want to say about him. He's just like been such a big, big part. When, when he's not around it, it almost feels like there's something missing at a big show. So I, yeah. And you know what? He's a really good dude outside of wrestling for what he does with the make a wish. You know, uh, he's, I I don't mind this at all. No, I'm actually looking forward to this. match. Me too. I think this will be a good interaction. And then one of the matches that I think has been built and set up really, really well that I might be looking forward to the most is the edge versus Randy Orton. We've had great build edge has been, you know, over as we imagined, as soon as he came back in the Royal rumble, Randy put him out. Then Randy had an interaction with Beth Phoenix, which we like never see WWE do with like men and women stuff anymore. Almost never. And so you could tell that they're very, 
Um, they they really wanted to you know, like push this feud. They wanted to kind of show the intensity that that these two have. I'm Edge cut a great promo the other night where he was like looking right into the camera, talking dead to Randy Orton. Randy Orton's cut some of the better promos that he's ever cut in the last you know two months or so building this. I'm really excited about this match. This has um, been a probably one of their best buildups in, in recent memory. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I'm okay with this main eventing. Me too. Probably Me, yeah. Saturday night. I hope they do not hold this to the second show. It's been amazing. Uh, Randy has been great. Edge was great uh, Monday night. Uh, it, uh, it's just he he's phenomenal, and to see him back uh, and, and see him in the Rumble was just amazing. And what the person they've been so personable to each other. It just feels. It doesn't feel like. Uh, this is forced on them. No, having to force this feud, it seems very organic, and I like it a lot. Me too. This is like some of the best work Randy's done in a while. Like Absolutely. he get he can get a little lazy sometimes, you know, and like when things that you could kind of tell sometimes if he's not interested in something. But yes. when something piques his interest and he's into it, he is still can turn it on and flip that switch and, and be like as good as anyone. So I'm really pumped up. I think the the last one that's like mentioned, and we we so we're going to assume that we'll probably see like bronze. Sami Zayn, Cesaro, Nakamura, Mysterio, Garza, Carrillo, Andrade, something to do with Bailey. Um, you know, the tag teams haven't had anything announced. I, we don't know if they will do any really tag team type matches or even like who knows if they're going to be doing any like multi man or women matches. They'll probably try to keep it, I think, as many one and ones and just to keep the, the countdown. But I think the last one that's been announced is Rollins versus KO, which, I mean, these are two really good workers. This could be an excellent match. I just feel like. Um, I think the fans are probably feeling like we've seen like some yeah. version of this, you know, a lot over the last couple months. I love KO. Uh, you know, I was a fan of of, of him and Ring of Honor. Fight Steam uh, Fight. Yeah, I, you know, I had that shirt. I, I still have it. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I love Seth Rollins as a heel. Man, he is just so great, and and I don't mind to have him have the you know. Uh, the two or three guys, Buddy Murphy, uh, with him. I don't mind that because uh, it makes him just makes you hate him, you know, a little bit more. But this is going to be a great match. But as you said, these guys have put on great matches before. I don't think it's going to be anything we haven't seen before. So let's uh, let's shift over to the other big wrestling show now, uh, All Elite Wrestling, and they have sure. their they have their main shows now, Dynamite on Wednesday nights, and they they've really started to kind of uh, I think. Since the new year, it took a little while They've started to find their footing I feel like their shows, like their week-to-week shows Have improved a little bit And this show, I was really a big fan of this uh, There were there were a couple big um, big appearances From folks who were making their debut And they tried to try, take things a little differently Than the way WWE was doing the, the no fans Well, they were having some of the wrestlers sit in the <laughs> crowd and it was actually very entertaining. They were like sparking feuds with some of the the wrestlers who were they were sure. booing and cheering. Um, uh, there was a really good promo at the very beginning from um, from Cody, and and Cody's like really like stepped up his promo game a Big lot time. over the Big last time. couple of years. It was a great start. Um, they had a couple of really fun matches. They, I mean, MJF. In the in the audience yeah. and, and Sean Spears, they're like betting on on the matches and <laughs> yeah. stuff. I, I thought this was creative and this was really good. They just tried something a little different, and I, everybody that I saw when I was watching it seemed to get a pretty big kick out of a lot of these things. Yeah, it was good to see them not 
go 100% dark. And, um, you know, that was the rumor. That was what was, they were going to cancel shows and just show best ofs, you know, and I think it really bummed a lot of people out. And they have a lot of momentum going right now. If you go back to their timeline, let's go back just to the earlier this year, their ratings started to, to struggle a little bit. And they were like, well, wait a minute. There was two weeks, maybe out of three, that NXT basically was tied. And maybe, you know, uh, there was some Raw and SmackDown uh, coming over to NXT on Wednesday night. So that number was inflated. And they were like, okay, here it comes. AWA is down to the, or AEW is down for the count. I uh, don't want to bring in Nick Bockwinkle or Stan Hansen into this. From <laughs> I, I like that too. But, yeah. But something happened with AEW, and a switch came on and has taken off. And, I, I, you know, it's just been very, very good. I'm still very critical of them. They had a lot of tag matches last night. For the last couple of weeks, they've been doing a lot of tag matches. I don't know why, and I still want to see more Orange Cassidy in singles events. Oh, yeah. I would have loved to have been in, in an arena with the fans when Brody Lee makes his, his debut and then uh, – you know, the, the ultimate, you know, Matt Hardy, when, when the drone comes out, uh, you know, it's just like, oh, man, this really would have been great. But I know they can't sit on that. Yes, because you know, they, they just that. don't know. That's the, no, that's the you thing. You, Guys, we can't we, say, we like, yeah, it's just a month. We've talking about this in two months that we're and, still doing the same thing. Yeah, so right. they got to keep with the storylines. Sure. They have to keep sure. them going. And he needed – I mean, it, this was – I thought – yeah, I think you mentioned there's – I'm still critical of a few things. Like, I think – their women's division still feels really lacking. Oh yeah, you yeah. know, um, yeah. they're just not like a big star, or there's not like the and and their their work rate has like picked up a little bit, but it, there's just like nothing that like makes me really interested. They've got to do a little bit better job of building that that women's division. Yes, um, I like just some some like small things I mentioned. Uh, Cole Cabana's on the roster now. He, sure. he's, he's fun. Uh, he looks like he's gonna be getting into a feud with uh, with Kip Sabian. He was right. kind of smacking him around. Um. I, I much prefer this version of John Moxley than oh, the yeah. WWE oh, Dean yeah. Ambrose. He just seems more like the guy that we think he is, <laughs> like this. Yeah, and, and and he's the star. You know, I know there's yep. Chris Jericho, but you know, if you go look at AEW's YouTube numbers, anytime John Moxley a segment or they do a special or they pr- promote this or that, those are his. He's got the highest numbers. You know, and, and he 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 needs that title. I, I didn't think Jericho needed it, but uh, I thought last night was very interesting. I thought very creative. You know, I thought the main event got a little clunky because yeah, there's so many different parts going on. And it was like the main event started it with 33 minutes left in the program, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and then Jericho was, I enjoyed, you know, Sammy Guevara and everyone singing, you know, uh, the play, he's got the flashcards and stuff. Yeah, he's been doing that lately. That's, great, that's creative stuff. Yeah. But they're keeping people, they're keeping that audience, um, and they're doing a very good job, and they're hot right now. And it would it would have it would have hurt them big time for them to not have some sort of live show over the next couple of weeks. And I, I'm glad they decided not to go that route. And hopefully they get you know, like I said, we could keep uh, continuing to do this. Yeah, and, and yeah, there was good. We got we saw um, someone who was just horribly underutilized. In WWE uh, as Luke Harper de- oh, uh, de- Debut okay. as Brody Lee As the exalted one with the Dark Order Which yep. that was a gimmick at the beginning That a lot of people didn't like But it's actually kind of turned it's to be fun. okay yeah. yeah it's not bad at all 
Um, and I think Brody Lee is definitely going to give them a nice shot. I've always been a big Luke Harper guy. I mean, Jake the Snake um, cutting some great <laughs> promos is is awesome. You know, he still can, can talk on the mic and and he's got Murder Hawk. It kind of looks like that's the next setup for Cody. I like sure. what they did with the vignettes that almost looked like it was at the Hardy compound, maybe. I don't know where yes. they filmed that, but it yeah. could have been. Like, that was really fun. He was in a ring and, like, they were coming, people were coming at him one at a time and he was just knocking them down while Jake the Snake just sat and watched. So they're, um, they're, they're, not everything's going to hit. But I like that they're they're trying some different things. They're throwing them at things at the wall and see what's going to stick. And um, you know, some things I don't like. Cody's neck tattoo. Oh, <laughs> it's terrible. just awful. Awful, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's just awful. Um, and uh, you know, I don't think, and we'll see what they do going forward. I don't think they've done a great job of building Kenny Omega. No, who, he's you know, lost. like yeah, coming he's coming into this. Organization I think a lot of people figured He would just be like the perennial champ And the top guy and you know The guy in all the big matches winning but he just It's taken him a while to find his footing You know when Hangman Page Is more popular by yes. Having a beer and now they're you know You know hand wash Page Yeah that, that's a good point you know I thought Omega would be the guy and maybe he said He doesn't want to be the guy I don't know and I know he's trying to you know, uh, help with the women's division now. There's word that, you know, he he's, he's stepping into that role. But I, I'd like to see more of him because he was fun to watch during New Japan when it was hard to find those videos and you could finally watch those. He was the guy I look forward to seeing. And uh, I, I, I wish he, he would be more of a party. He's getting lost in that tag team with Hangman Page. Okay, Chad. Well, I, I told you I want to talk to you about some football stuff, but how's yeah, this sound? Yeah. But how's this sound? We've already talked... About all this wrestling stuff can And and I'm going to need a lot of content Next week do you want to come down with me Again next week we can recap All the football free agency stuff From this week that's gone on and if we Have some races to talk about maybe we can dive into Some Sam Houston and um, And we can maybe recap fairgrounds we'll just kind of Do another little uh, recap of everything going on Because I don't want to I want to talk some football with you But I only have a couple more minutes and I don't sure. want to And I don't want to I don't want to shortchange it So I, I'd much rather bring you back when we can you know, sit down. We can talk about some of the wrestling shows that happened again, and just do a, a little bit more again. Because I, 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 we're gonna need content, and <laughs> I, I enjoy our conversation. So I'd rather bring you back next week, where we could do another thirty minutes than uh, try to get everything in in five. Yeah, we gotta talk about a whole segment about Bill O'Brien and the Houston Texans. Yes, we do. We do. We gotta talk about all the moves. Brady <laughs> gonna be in Tampa now. Sure. Philip Rivers going to the Colts. Teddy Bridgewater is gonna be in Carolina. And uh, what's gonna happen with Sean Payton now? It, and hopefully, you know, the Saints organization is gonna be okay. So, um, yeah, we, we'll dive into all of that. Um, Chad, you're the man. I appreciate it. Let the folks out there know uh, what are you working on, and where can we follow you on social media. Twitter at the Chad Cooper and the same on Instagram at the Chad Cooper. I'm there uh, pretty much most of the time, most of the day. Let's have some fun conversations and no one's right. No one's wrong at this time. Uh, I, I just, I, I love the, all the good sports conversation and we're really having to dig up some really good knowledge and stuff uh, while sports is in hiatus. But uh, yeah, at the Chad Cooper on Twitter and Instagram. Let's do it. Koopa loop, my man. Thank you so much. I'll touch base with you in the next couple days. We'll set something up for early next week. Let's do it, bud. Thank you, buddy. That was Chad Cooper again. Yeah, I just we got to talk uh, football a little bit better than we can. So let's uh, let's take a quick break here on that's what G said, and we'll be back in just a minute. A big thank you to Chad Cooper. A big thank you to Scott Shapiro. A big thank you 
to Andrew Champagne, a big thank you to Mike Gagliano, a loaded, loaded episode of That's What G Said podcast where we talked a lot of wrestling uh, with Chad and we talked a lot of horse racing with our other guests. And don't forget, folks, there's going to be two episodes of, of That's What G Said that are coming out in you know within hours of each other. One of them is going to be an interview. It's the Past the Wire edition, so make sure to give that one uh, a listen and it, it actually is an interview just to give you a little bit of tease. I won't tell you all about it, but it involves uh, one of the owners, uh, the main owners for uh, Jorge Navarro, who was one of the trainers that was indicted. We talk about we talked to a man who owned a lot of horses with uh, Navarro and thought he was a, a very good friend of his, and um, it's it's a good conversation. So uh, um, go go check that one out. Also, and if you can subscribe, rate, review on iTunes. Give us a, a subscription there on YouTube, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Spreaker, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to listen and uh, to look for That's What G Said. Joey, my good friend, close us out here. So you want your daily dose of sports and pop culture? Well, I-